Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em. But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn I'ma win it's a turn, he had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm a climber with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russell Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pie Let's go I am Rocky Petrella, and I have a trading problem. I am not Dynasty Outhouse, but I have a trading problem. I'm Jeff Bell, for whom J. Bell tolls, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Trade Addicts Pod Session 244. At least I hope it's 244, because that's what I wrote on the sheet. Uh, <laughs> I did check earlier, but I, I think that's right. But uh, yes, Russ, Russ is not here this week. Uh, had too much eggnog and uh, couldn't make the show. So we did bring in uh, my, my junkies co-host, Andrew Hall. Andrew, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. Good to talk some uh, trading and some some playoff time. And obviously, we're just kind of commiserating about some of the weird stuff that happened this week. But I don't know if I, if, if you're new here, that's just what every year is like. So I'm just glad to be here and uh, ready to talk some football with you guys tonight. Yes, I both I both love and hate fantasy playoff time uh and i think our our guest here feels the same he's been on before uh we don't we don't have to do the interview because he has been on before but uh a great guest here jeff bell jeff why don't you uh say hi to everyone and tell everyone uh who you are what you do and where they can find what you do hello everybody it's very nice <laughs> to see you all again and i am jeff bell for whom j bell tolls on twitter you can find me with football guys largely you can find me wednesday nights we do the college football show and that's a little bit of debbie for you fantasy people but also college football and that they you know that's an extension of the debbie royale crew and we kind of moved over migrated to football guys and launched the show through there you can find me on thursday nights on the audible live with matt waldman and sigmund bloom and uh, probably know those names and they're two very very guys that i've looked up to for a long time and so being able to work with them has been a true honor and a privilege um, i have a column that comes out monday morning if you're a dynasty player really if you're any sort of fantasy player at all i think it's a great piece for that on football guys is the dynasty roundup on football guys mondays and then you can find me on wednesdays i release a um consensus we kind of look at our dynasty rankings we do a little round table through everybody and at football guys that wants to contribute and movement within dynasty rankings and write blurbs and look at those players that are moving up and down and i kind of run that round table and and moderate that and, and put that together and release that as well so very active there you can find me fantasy pros ecr I, I do that as well and that tortures me every single week but you can find me really all over the place but largely on twitter yeah, Jeff's Jeff's everywhere and hanging out with big time guys like Matt Waldman and Sigmund Bloom. We're happy he can grace our little pod here to, to talk some <laughs> dynasty with us for a little bit and about about the the, the playoffs and how how we were all higbeat at some point this weekend. <laughs> Jeff was saying, uh, "What was it? You were you were up uh, forty or something with the with the Higby coming at you?" 
so yeah so i had a 40 point lead and they had four guys still left to play and so he still had aaron jones alan lazard higby and then keenan allen and so you know i'm sitting with my family on christmas we were at my mother-in-law's we were watching the packers dolphins games aaron jones and alan lazard both kind of lay eggs and and, you know i kind of have about a 27 point lead out of that game and so i pack up the family we we drive home and i check and see what tyler higby had done and lo and behold tyler higby somehow had dropped 32 points and erased the entire lead and given my opponent a a six point lead going into just having keenan allen left so uh, i lost that one and you know i was the number one seed that is my home league. That is my league of record. And, uh, you know, I've got a, quite a loaded squad, as one would expect, you know, with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Jacobs this year and uh, just a handful of A.J. Brown, everybody you can imagine. And uh, I lost again the second year in a row in the semifinals as the number one seed. And, you know, that's really just the fantasy life, I guess. I thought you were good at this, Jeff. I thought, I what the heck? I thought <laughs> I you're supposed to win. I play defense. Oh. Yeah, your defense was horrible, Jeff. Yes, uh, it was. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, you know half the people out there are, are loving Tyler Higby this week, and half of them are hating him. Oh. But uh, <laughs> but we're gonna get right into it because we got we got a lot to cover tonight. A lot, a lot, lot of trades this week, as you can imagine, in the fantasy playoffs, especially because as there should be no trade deadlines, trade addicts. Right. Uh, but a uh, couple small pieces of news uh, I threw on here. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was fired in Denver. Seems like it was maybe like 14 games too late, but uh, <laughs> it finally happened. And uh, does this give you any hope? Obviously not for the last game here or two, but going forward for Russell Wilson, Jeff, does this? do you think this will make a difference? Or do you think Russell Wilson is just cooked? I hesitate to say cooked. I, I think the problem is I don't know that Russell Wilson is a quarterback that you win with anymore. I think he's a quarterback that you win in spite of now. And I think that maybe he had been that for a couple of years in Seattle. And I think that Pete Carroll and that offense there had done a good job of glossing over those weaknesses. You know, we, we have complained for how many years let Russ cook, like, why are you relying on the run game? And I think that we realized this year why they were relying on the run game and nobody knew him better than Pete Carroll and, and that staff there so i think that you know i think we all kind of recognize in the midpoint of the season or so that pete carroll deserves a lot more credit than he was probably given i think russell wilson is a player whose athleticism allowed him to excel and he relies heavily on that but once that was taken away once those boot actions out of the run game and those types of things were gone I think he's a player that's going to struggle to win out of the pocket due to his size, due to that lack of athleticism, due to the inability to extend plays now as he's gotten older in his career. And uh, so I'm I'm very concerned about Russell Wilson. I don't know what they're going to do with him. The problem is when you're paying him that big of a contract, you need him to be the guy. And the reason why you're winning games, you can't be one of those that you know, we're game manager Russ Wilson on a 40 million or whatever it is per year contract just doesn't work. Yeah, I think I think he can't be possibly as bad as he was this year. I think Hackett maybe has to take some of the blame, but I think you're right too. I think that's a good point about especially when we've seen what Geno Smith has done this year, statistically outperforming Russell Wilson uh, with the with in theory not as good of a team. So uh, I yeah, Russell Wilson. I I'm I have a few shares. I I probably will at least wait try and wait and wait for a new coaching hire maybe if they have some kind of offensive guru come in the you know maybe uh i don't know sean payton comes out of retirement or something and maybe you can get a a value bump just from that but yeah i I think he's going to be better he because i don't think he can possibly be worse than this year but i 
I don't think we're, like you said, I don't think we're ever seeing like, and even the past Russell Wilson, you know, people had issues with because he'd have half a good year and, and then he'd tail off or whatever. But I don't think we're seeing the heights that we saw from Russell Wilson before. But, but any thoughts on this, Andrew? Well, I, I put out during the Broncos game, like uh, I'm, I'm thinking about just dropping Russ Wilson in Dynasty. Like I just want someone else <laughs> to have to deal with that decision. And I just want to tank someone else's team because he's just you, we have him in DJ one and it's just it's brutal. You know, I what know. I mean? like I can't wait for Lamar to come back. Um, but he's the, a starting quarterback is, that you can't even get a first for anymore. Not, no. And so I think the other, the other thing that this kind of brings to mind, there are a lot of thoughts I have about this. Now is not the time to sell Russ Wilson. You, you can't sell Russ Wilson after this game, after the coach, there's no reason at all to drop him. Like I was and it was, it was a tweet of anger. It was a tweet of anger. I was, I'm not really going to drop him. Right. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I will. It'd be entertaining to see what happens in a low buy-in who cares kind of league, but in general, that's not good advice. I'm not telling you to drop, but I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. You wait for a new hire. You wait for some fresh news, some hope, some some sort of optimism, and you sell on that optimism as soon as possible, and you get the hell out. I think that's what I would do. I don't think now is the time to sell. On the other end, now is the perfect time to send a third or a fourth for Russell Wilson and see if you got someone like me who just wants out and is like, you know what, I'm done. He lost like the motions are the highest they're going to be for the Russell Wilson owner right now or manager right now. If you send them an offer for a third, they might accept it. They might not counter. That's fine. But you never know. Like I would send it in every league, especially on rebuilding teams. And again, I've gotten into this like kind of game within a game on rebuilding teams. That's exactly the player I want in my team. There is tons of risk with him. But if I'm rebuilding, I'm not willing to give up a lot. I might get a lot and then I can flip him for something in August and be happy. So rebuilding teams, I'm trying to acquire him before it, it, the hope the hope comes up, the optimism comes up, and I'm selling in a month, two months, six months, whenever we know more. So that's kind of the move in a, in a really broad stroke. But there was another angle I wanted to put on this, which is a lot like fantasy. Do we? Everybody, I'm sure, remembers when the Broncos made this trade, the Seahawks, my God, the Seahawks, they, how stupid are you? Why are you trading away Russ Wilson? Like, what were you thinking? And now we're all like, Broncos, how stupid were you trading for Russ Wilson? Like, this is like exactly Dynasty. what happened. Exactly. In Dynasty, this happens all the time, which is why there should not be trade deadlines. There should not be trade vetoes. Like, at trades are such a weird thing, and there's so many things that happen. In Dynasty, of course, there is no, you know, jiving with the players, and there's no emotions, and there's no playbooks, and there's no coaches. And so it's not quite, the, it's not apples to apples, but it's the same basic gist where, like, we don't know where this is going. We don't know what the player values are going to be. You can look at it and say, maybe you should have been able to get more. Fine, but they didn't. And that's the best they could get. And it was worth it. And the Broncos are looking like idiots right now. They traded for Russ Wilson. They overpaid, you know, two first, two seconds, Drew Locke, Noah Fant. Like, they gave up the house, right? And now they're stuck with this monster contract and no head coach. And are probably the worst spot in the NFL for a new head coach to go. What head coach wants this job? You're not going to be able to bring in a quarterback for at least three years. That's that's terrible for any team now too, because now you can't rebuild. You have to just sort of bridge coach to the next three years till you can get rid of Russ. It's just, it's, it's ugly. I'm just so glad I'm not a Broncos fan right now. It's brutal. Well, and I think really you dig into it. The, it seems like Russ has lost the team. I know that there was like, yeah. there was that blow up on the sideline between Brett Rippon and I think Dalton Reisner, the offensive lineman there. And I think that Russ has lost the team. And you know, if I'm the Broncos, I'm looking for a defensive minded head coach that yes. we are going to win games by running the football and playing defense. And that is, that's how we're going to do it. And hopefully I don't dare bevel. I don't know if Daryl bevel would be the answer, but somebody that, 
maybe Russ has a relationship with, because I think that's where you almost have to go. It's just this guy that we, we see all these stories come out with Russell Wilson and it's, he's not rooted in reality. He's living no. in his own world. And it's like almost to the point where it's like entering the Tyson zone. It's like, does Russell Wilson know he's playing bad? Like, it's, you know, unlimited. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've got the, where it's I've like, got the perfect coach. I've got the perfect coach. Ready? Ready? Marvin Lewis. There you go. I mean, Marvin Lewis, I'm telling you, he wants to come back. He's a defensive coach, you know, grind that, you know, chop that wood, you know, like he's a perfect, not a future coach. Like somebody like that would be a perfect spot for him to kind of put his foot back in the, in the, you know, coaching waters and then realize, Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. But also like nobody cares. Like if he goes there, no one's going to expect him to do well and be the coach for the next 10 years. So like, maybe that's the kind of guy we get. I don't see like an Eric B enemy going here. I don't see like any of those, like even the Belichick tree that is pretty much shaken dry at this point. I don't see any of those guys wanting to go here. I don't see any of those coaches that had a chance and then failed and went to offensive coordinator coming here. Like no, no, no. This is the coach at the end of a path. And there aren't very many of those out there right now. I, there's no way Peyton goes there. I, I tell no. me like, there's no way Peyton risks coming out of retirement and making all this stink. And the saints, I think still have his contract anyway. Why would the saints do that? Like, so that I just don't know there's nobody that wants it. Like, in all honesty, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Jeff Saturday type coach, someone who has never coached before, who, like Peyton Manning, honest to God. I could see Peyton Manning being the head coach of this team just because it's like, well, someone's got to do it. Peyton, you want to get down there? You want to you try it out? All right, go try it out. What do we care? Let's go. I, who knows? It's going to be chaos, and I'm kind of here for it. Like, let's see what happens. Real quick before we move on, I was just, uh, you know, you said trying to buy him for a third or a fourth. If anyone does that, they're crazy. But don't don't, don't wait, wait, sell wait. him for a third or a fourth. There you go. But Buying him for that is what, good. What I was going to ask, would you sell him for a single mid-second? Me right now, it depends. I'll say, honestly, it depends. If I have, you know, five quarterbacks that I don't mind rotating through, and some of them can be you know, the Jared Goffs and the Davis Mills and like the crap at the bottom of the barrel. I'm starting most of those guys over him at this point, you know, in the future, I might do it on a team like that. Uh, I would probably send it a, like a mid second. If I'm just why I've got tons of picks, if I've got three, three firsts and six seconds go for it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind that, but there's no reason to do that now because I yeah, think that I'm, I'm just more wondering what, how low you're willing to sell. Like what, like Jeff, would you At sell this point, I'm not selling him for pretty much anything right now. Like it's just, it's going to have to be a wild deal and that ain't going to happen. I was going to say, would you bail for a second? It's basically what I'm wondering. I mean, I, I bailed this past off season to be honest with you. <laughs> like, yeah, you got a better price, I'm sure. Than it's that's what I'm saying. You know, like, at this it's, it's like point, I, I already I you, moved him. There was I had him in one league. I moved him in a package. I got Deshaun Watson back, and I I got just like cycled some things to get a little bit younger. But um, now it's a I don't know if I would do a mid second. Just I don't. The two hundred one. One, I, I don't tend to hold these types of players because, like, I, once I see a hit, notice like any sort of decline, like I'm just out, like completely. I've just wait, seen this way too long over how many years that once you see an older player start to decline, then then move. Um, but I mean, if that's what you can get, sure, I guess maybe. I don't, I don't know that. I don't love it because. Or would you I, rather just hold and assume? It, I would assume, hold it. Hope probably. that you're going to get a first at some point in the future probably that probably hope that you know if they hire a new coach if he starts out a couple but can he really rebound value i wonder so much because because the conversation has been so negative yeah. around him that 
like, do those guys actually really rebound value or people just are afraid of being that person in the league that sends the first for Russell Wilson and then gets made fun of in the league chat. Yeah. I think I the best depends, case yeah. scenario is that he gets like Kirk cousins ish type value. That's the best case. Like yeah. everyone hates Kirk cousins, except, except when they you. get, yeah, yeah. Or except when they get to playoff time here and see him putting yeah. up 25, 30 point games and, and need a quarterback in the playoffs or something. So, so, but even then you're, you're not getting much more than a late first for Kirk cousins. I think that's Russ's value ceiling at this point that he rebounds at best. It's a late first. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. I still, I would at least wait, like we were talking about until, the off season and and see if we get some sort of positive news the you know I, I doubt they're signing a receiver because they have no money and they have receivers locked up uh, but but maybe like I said like a coach uh, some kind of positive news but uh, we spent way too much time on Russell Wilson so the other one piece of news we have here uh, Tua is back in the concussion protocol again um, which I, I didn't even I, I watched a lot of that game. I didn't even realize anything had, had happened there. But then I saw after the game in the concussion protocol. Basically, I just threw this on here to ask if uh, and I'll start with you again, Jeff, if if you're, this affects your value of Tua going forward in Dynasty. I know, it's, you know, this is multiple concussions this year. We saw what happened earlier this year, the, the, the horrible uh, primetime game uh, where, where he got hit after they already thought he had a concussion the previous week and no one would admit it. Uh, So I know we, a lot of times we worry about, especially when we see multiple concussions in season like this, I do feel like sometimes it plays out that like, like I know for years people were worried about Brandon cooks getting another concussion and and that never really, uh, he may have gotten a concussion since then. I don't remember, but it's, it's not like it's ended his career. And Adams at one time was a multiple concussion guy and it didn't, end his career so is are, are are we worried just because of what we've seen especially like i said we have that like graphic of of, of what we saw too on that primetime game i feel like that that could stick in a lot of people's minds but what do you think jeff i think i'm worried less about the c- concussions and i'm more worried about a lot of to his value is because of where he is being tied to tyree yes. kill and jalen waddle being in mike mcdaniel and the buzzy offense uh, a lot of that value is tied to that and so my concern if this Dolphins slide continues and they miss the playoffs we already know that you know the ownership was talking about Tom Brady and Tom Brady is going to be a name that's floating out there Jimmy Garoppolo who's got a history with McDaniel is going to be a name that's floating out there I wonder how much leash does Tua really have with the franchise because he's played bad football for you know, a month or more, and you had the concussions into it. Do they reach a point where they say, well, we can't win with this guy. And and so we're going to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody that knows my system, or we're going to shoot our shot on Tom Brady again. And then two is out of there. And, and suddenly you're no longer attached to Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill who can do so much after the catch, because I think we pretty know pretty well that Tua is not going to be bombing it downfield you know, we know he's got limitations in his game and he's not bringing that rushing ability either. And so those, that is my primary concern on Dolphins. Does this skid continue? Do they miss the playoffs because of this? And then does the franchise make an aggressive move? You know, that, that might look pretty nice to Tom Brady to move down the road to Miami and have Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle and kind of feel like the defense is kind of right there. And all you really need is this could be my last raw. And I think that they're, 
I don't know that the Dolphins feel like Tua Tagovola is the, their quarterback of the future anymore. And so that would be where I'm primarily, primarily concerned because as soon as you don't have him in that fantasy-rich environment anymore, then what do you have? Andrew? Well, I think Jeff hit it really well. It's uh, I, I like Tua more because of his pieces than I do for himself. I, I like Tua a lot as a as a quarterback. Obviously, I don't, I don't hate anything about Tua. I don't hate his game. I think he's very talented. I think that offense focuses a lot on uh, exactly what his strengths are, and it's kind of just distributing the ball and letting Tyreek go nuts. Um, but at the same time, I also think that there is some fun to be had, at least in, in a way, uh, when it comes to Tua being on your team, because it's like you don't know what you're going to get. Like, honestly, we could see Tyreek go nuts. We could see Tyreek have, you know, one of those 12 catches, 210 yards and three touchdowns. And that doesn't really require anything of Tua. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need Tua to, to throw that. It's really just Tua distributing the ball and having nice, you know, six yard slant routes that Tyreek can run all the way. And Waddle's no slouch himself. So I think that kind of adds to the fun is that you don't need a super talented quarterback. It's kind of like a cheat code in a way. Right. It kind of makes it so like, yeah, I, I like him on my team because I can set it and forget it and not have to worry. But I think, too, though, the thing with Tua is the concussions are getting a little um, frustrating because it and, and I'm, I'm going to make a comparison that I don't think is really fair. But it's it, it's feeling to me a little bit like the Deshaun Watson situation where it's like, I just don't know if I want to cheer for this guy on my team right now. Like, I, I'm worried about him as a human. You know what I mean? Like, he's had a yeah. lot of of brain injuries this year in the, in the past five months, he's had, you know, three concussions. That's three more than most people have. Um, and we want to say that the game is safe and we want to say that they're taking precautions and he's been cleared and all this. None of that matters at the end of the day. If he's, if he's not going to be the same person he is or was um, in 10 years or five years or 30 years, I don't know. I mean, like at what point do you kind of go, all right, maybe you should take a seat and just kind of, you know, rest, let the brain heal, which nobody knows how that heals. You have to, everybody's different. So it's not like a broken leg. It's not like an ACL. It's not like one of those things where it's like set in stone. We know it's going to be nine months when it comes to concussions. It's still very nebulous. And so it's just, it's kind of like an icky feeling. I, I just, I just get like a little ick, like, oh, can't, can't we just bench him for a little bit and like, let him rest up. But then the other part of me is like, I really need you this week too. I got my title on the line. You know what I mean? Like, it's just an icky feeling and it, it just, it's not great. Not great. Well, and, and I think it's a lesson that I think we need to take away because there were so many concerns about him coming into the season. And then when he ran so hot, I think in the rear view mirror, like that was a pivot point. I, I think that that was probably somewhere, you know, Justin Herbert was struggling to begin the year, things like that, like where you had an opportunity to step out of Tua while he's so hot and drown the conversation. And I think that sometimes you know, we want to reward ourselves for being smart, but then there's also that, like, the little bit of, like, uh, well, I, I'm smart, I made the pick, and look at me, like, I got it right, and, and like, not recognizing, okay, like, I, I, this is my opportunity to get out, to move into a more core piece that I'm comfortable with. Like, if you could have moved Tua in, for a, in a first for Justin Herbert, back when Tua was very, very hot and Herbert was struggling a little bit in fantasy, like, I mean – that would feel pretty smart right now, I feel like. But uh, I think that it's just yeah. one of those things that we, you know, in our minds, we say, well, we got it right. All right, we're good. Like, we're good moving forward. And then it turns out, like, you, you can be right and wrong and right and wrong in fantasy in the same season on, on player takes. Yeah. That's what, in the same month sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in the same month. Yep. 
Uh, okay, so as I said, we got a lot tonight, so we're going to move right on. Uh, we let the get, uh, the guests usually choose. Jeff, do you want to start with the uh, listener questions we have or go right into the trades? Let's do trades because we're trade addicts, so we're here. Let's do some trades. Okay, we got a lot of trades. Playoff time, a lot, a lot of people making playoff moves. Uh, reminder for everyone, Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team PPR Superflex, uh, 1.75 tight and premium with 0.05 per return yard for all leagues except TA1. And we actually, TA1 is one of the only leagues that does not have a trade on here tonight. Uh, they made one little baby trade that we didn't include because I think we have 15 or 16 other ones. So uh, return yards do factor in if, if, if that matters for anybody, which I'm not really sure it does anyway. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> real quick though, real quick before you get into that, Rocky, we're both in Trade Addicts One. If we want to do a live trade, we can. But nope, we don't have time. Moving on. <laughs> I, I am in the that, that is the one Trade Addicts League where I am in the title game. So if you have any yep. pieces you want to send me, Andrew. Um, I got all but the actually, Let's go. that actually reminds me though. I did throw this on the sheet too, and I want to do just real quick. I don't want to spend like a half an hour on it or something, but wanted to get yours guys' thoughts on making playoff moves like mm. late push playoff moves because as we said most leagues shouldn't have a trade deadline and i've mentioned on this podcast that i was trying to kind of not do them as much this year because it's been kind of borne out like people who've looked at this that they don't really substantially affect your playoff chances that much you know a lot of play a lot of fantasy games in general are decided by more than 10 points. And that one guy you traded for is probably not going to make the difference. Although we will get into one later that I made where it did, but, uh, and not in a good way, but, um, but I, 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 and I've still done it. I did it. I mean, Andrew, we, me and you did it uh, Sunday morning. I think it was, we traded for yep. Chris Godwin in the junkies league. Uh, but I've been trying to, to hold off on doing that. Cause I feel like it. It doesn't make enough of a difference, and there are cases where it, it can actually hurt you. But uh, what do you think, Andrew? And then, and then we'll let Jeff finish up. I, like I said, don't want to take forever on it, but oh, well, I think we we've all brought it up at time, times on our podcast, I'm sure. But like, it's it's one of those things where I, I like making trades to go all in, but I feel like if you're making a trade in week 15, you you probably weren't deserving to be there anyway. And I think sometimes there is a little bit of like buying low and timing and all this. I always talk about timing. Why make that trade right now? And there are right? injuries. That was part of what factor. That's, that's where I was going to say the only way I would do a making it like making a go for it kind of trade. Like let's do it is if I just lost Jonathan Taylor or Jalen hurts. So like those, that to me is different. And that's where it's like, I'm not adding a piece for my run. I'm replacing a piece to continue my run that I think I have much, I do much more often that I don't really look to make dynasty moves in, in the playoffs. I look to make title winning moves, Right. And those are different, right? Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about making sure I've got the right dynasty value for next season. I'm more looking at it like, what can I do right now? I don't mind losing a little next year for right now. And, and I that's agree kind of where, with that. But I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm trying to hold off on even doing that, or trying to make well, the title winning moves because I feel like in a lot, like ninety percent of the cases, you were probably going to win the title or lose the title anyway. Well, no, what I'm saying is I, I'm with you, except if I just lost somebody. I yeah. agree with you. I'm not making those moves unless I lost somebody. And then I'm kind of forced a little bit. My hand is a little bit forced to be like, I need to try to replace Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to go crazy overpay, right? Like I'm not going to go nuts, but it's like, that's when I start looking at my team that had Hurts and going, okay, where can I get some points? That's really the only time I'm doing it anymore. And honestly, for you, me, the, the one other exception, sorry, Jeff, before, before I 
throw it to you is just that uh, I was going to say, I don't mind as much. And we're going to get into a couple uh, more than a couple trades. I think like this, uh, when we get into the trades, I don't mind as much throwing a second at somebody for, 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 you know, a guy or a third for, for McKinnon or something like sure. that. Trading those lower. It's more the bigger men. Like I said, we're going to get into one later that I already hate the move I made because it literally cost me the game. But uh, Jeff, mm. your thoughts. So I don't know. I, I'm a tend to believe that if you make it to the dance, that's already you're really hoping for. And so give your, yourself the best opportunity, opportunity to do it. Um, I like to hold on to, I don't know. You guys know me. I'm a Debbie guy. I like to really hold on to those picks. Um, but I did make an all-in move, and it, it has made an impact. Um, I'm in a league with uh, – so I did the trade with John Helmkamp. Uh, you probably know him um, and, you know, some friends of ours, that people that we know. And and so – uh, traded for Tyler Higby? No, I did not. <laughs> but uh, going into the playoffs – so I did lose Debo Samuel, so like Andrew's talking about. And, and my team, I think it was like a four or five seed. And I'm going into the playoffs, and he sends me this offer. I had I had the 103 rookie draft coming up, and then I had two later rookie picks. So the, like the 111, 112-ish, depending on how it works. And, and so he had offered me A.J. Brown and Travis Kelsey for those three picks. And so I did Ooh. that deal because it, it loaded my team up and, and it has made an impact. It, it's the reason why I won both of the next two rounds. Now I'm in the title game. And so that was, a, you know, that was one of those things where I looked at it as the one Oh three plus a, a later first for AJ Brown. I feel like I'd probably rather have AJ Brown on that scenario because I think this 2023 first round pick has lost a little bit of luster from kind of where we expected it to be. And then, you know, the, then then you're just trading a late first for Travis Kelsey, which is a no brainer. Um, but I do, yeah. if you're holding vets and you're eliminated, try to trade them right now. Like yes. try to try to get, doing, this yes. is when you get out of it. This is when you get out of your Kelsey's. This is when you get out of your Mike Evans, like those types of things, because I, that's all those guys. Like I want to get out. I want to grab a, a late first and then hopefully a player that could help me a little bit and then you take that late first and then you start to shop it for an unknown future first because that's when you turn a 1.11 into a 1.3 the next year because you know somebody was good last year and they're sure that they'll be good again but they really get that rookie fever and they want to make a pick and so I think that that's yeah. this is the time to capitalize on those veterans and and I like to be on the opposite of like rocket the moves Rocky's talking about where you know, I, I want to ship off my McKinnon and, and grab a rookie pick yes. right now and, and do those types of things. And and really kind of when I look at it, I'm, I'm trying to load up as many seconds and thirds as I can right now, because then I want to start to work to package those together to either walk picks up earlier in the draft or to move my positioning or to trade them for future unknown picks that might end up with more value. But I love trading during the playoffs and, and I'm not typically the type that I do make those all in moves. Um, but one story about that on making all the moves. So last year I played in uh, Scott Fish's pigs league and I made it to like the, I think I made it to maybe the semifinals, but I did very well, but I had a, a whole bunch of future draft capital that I had taken over an orphan team and I had made, like I had sold my whole rookie class and the way that it is, it's all auction money. And so I had sold my auction money to double up, to be ready for the next rookie class. And you know, I held that through the whole season. I didn't make any all in trades and I ended up being eliminated. It was, it was close ish. Um, and I don't know if the 
picks would have trades would have been available to actually close the gap or not. But I just told myself, like, you know, I, I'm building for the future. Well, lo and behold, the, the season ends and people left the league because that's kind of what's happening in a lot of dynasty leagues and, and Scott folds the league and all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, well, well, dang, like I really wish I would have gone <laughs> yeah. in and, and done it. So I do yeah. think that that's something to think about with, with how many dynasty leagues people are in and how they exploded so Great much point. during that pandemic. And, you know, we, we always assume that we're going to be in this league for the next 15 years, but you don't know what's going to happen with the league and flags fight forever. And so, so I do kind of right. have the belief of if you have a very weak part of your roster and you have a real opportunity to capitalize on some future value, because that's the other side of it too, is people that are eliminated have those veterans and, and they're hopeful while well, I'm eliminated, I've got this veteran. I want to get something for it. Like that is also a good opportunity, a good time to shore those up because you've taken a lot of the risk of, you, you know, where your roster is going to be heading into the playoffs. And, you know, you're not going to step into a season and think your team's great and then lose your best three players. And all of a sudden you're in a real building situation where you've traded your pick and you're just screwed there. And so yeah. that's where I can see the other side of it. Uh, uh, two things I just wanted to comment on, then we'll get into the trades. One, I, I do love that actually AJ Brown Kelsey thing, but I think it's rare that that you're getting the opportunity to get two top five guys at their position in a single trade. So I, I don't disagree with that one though. I think that was a great move. Uh, the other thing was, I love what you mentioned about once you get eliminated, because that's, what's great about no trade deadlines is you can make a trade in week 15, get eliminated and then sell that same guy in week 16. You know, it's, I I, lo I love doing that kind of move. Like I, you know, I've had unfortunately multiple leagues where I was eliminated in the first round, and I definitely am looking then to sell off some of those vets that I may have, uh, or even if I didn't trade for them, if I just had them on my roster, then then you can move on from them. And and this is the perfect time to do it because this is when you're going to get the most overpay. Everybody wants those points in the fantasy playoffs, so uh, oh, yeah. we're going to get into some of those trades now where people are trying to get some of those points. So TA two. Uh, you know, I'm going to, there's three of these. There's three, I think, yes, Derek Henry trades. I'm just going to hop to each league and we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some Derek Henry here for a little bit. I like it. TA2, Derek Henry and a late 2023 third for Christian Kirk, a late 23 second and a 24 second. What do you think of that one, Andrew? Yeah, I obviously being this one, the first one on here, it stumped me and I didn't read any of the others. I just was like, <laughs> man, this is tough for me because I think Henry is worth that. I think that's the value is on the Henry side right now, especially if you're going all in. But if I'm rebuilding or I'm out of it and I'm, I'm not using Henry's points and he's still he's looking a little banged up. I mean, there is some question marks on him. Are you going to be able to get more than that for him right now? I don't know, but I think you might be able to get more for for Henry than that in the offseason. So I probably would take the Henry side here. Um, just because, again, Kirk, I, I just as much as I want to trust that, I can't trust that. And then seconds are seconds. You know, I can kind of come by them any day. So give me the Henry in the third side. Yeah, and we do know, like, like at this point, especially that, that that is a late second. I think it was obviously right. a team that was. I think it was their pick that was still alive. So it's a bottom four second. But Jeff, uh, which side are you taking here? I'm going to take the Henry side. And I think that I had a tweet like a month ago or so that we are going to, you're going to see so many, Oh my God, I forgot 
Calvin Ridley is on the Jaguars tweets and we're already <laughs> seeing it. Like they're randomly yep. on Twitter. People will be like, Oh my God, I forgot that the Jaguars got Calvin Ridley. And I, I think Christian Kirk is just a player that while he's been very productive this year and they got that contract and you're happy with that. It's just one of those that you're selling a guy with Henry where he hasn't exactly fallen out of that elite production window and you're not getting a even a chance at a an elite producer back i don't think and and usually right. if i'm if i'm gonna step out of an elite guy like give me just a chance to get an elite guy back you know give me that late first where you know maybe i'm getting an elite guy with if things fall right on that but i think in this trade you're just you just know you're not or like a Michael Pittman or like one of those guys that has like upside to be a, a wide receiver one. Yeah, I just don't see Kirk getting yeah. there. Yeah. I just don't see Kirk getting there. I, you know, as much as I love him now, I just, eh. That, yeah. That's exactly where I was going to go with this. I agree with both of you that it's Henry and it's because of that. Cause Kirk is, I know Russ loves Christian Kirk, but he's utterly re- replacement level to me. Yeah. He's, he's a nice wide receiver two ish guy this year that has some boom weeks and as Jeff mentioned, it's not always a bad thing um, when a good receiver joins your team, but it's going to hurt his value once Calvin Ridley's active and, and people see the, the the Calvin Ridley videos and things like that. So, uh, yeah, and, and the seconds don't mean much to me, especially a late one, one we know for sure is late. So uh, we'll, we'll move into one of these other Henry trades, see if, uh, if, if we like the other side better in either of those. So. Next one is from TA6, Derek Henry plus a 2024 second for Damian Pierce and Rondale Moore, Jeff. Still Henry, I, I I'm think. with you. Um, <laughs> you know, Pierce is like everybody was in love with Pierce back in September, October, and and that that bloom fell off that rose pretty quickly. And you know, we're really just if the Texans draft a pass catching running back to complement Damian Pierce, like Pierce's value is going to evaporate. And uh, mm-hmm. I do really like Rondell Moore. I think Rondell Moore is a good player to target right now because uh, he was very very productive, and I think he fits very well in Arizona scheme. And then the injury kind of gives you a buy window on him, but it's like that's not the type of guy that I want to buy with Derrick Henry. Yeah, and especially when you throw in that 2024 second to me. I mean, Ron, uh, Rondell Moore's mate, I think, is close to a 2024 second, so you're basically trading Pierce for Henry, and, and you're buying years back, like you said. I, I don't I don't believe in Pierce going for It's hard, you know, a day uh, uh, three guy, it's hard. He was day three, right? Yeah, Round four. Yeah, Trump. yeah. Uh, day three guy it's it's always hard to depend on them beyond the current year uh even if they get an opportunity unless you he's just ridiculous and he was very good but he, he's not like guaranteed a job going forward so i'm with you uh andrew any any difference of opinion here no i'm, I'm definitely on the henry side too i i got rid of damian pierce a couple places and in one trade it ended up being damian pierce through a couple different trades and some other pieces where i ended up with cd lamb i'm very happy with that I was in some trade addicts trade. So I don't think Damian Pierce is the, is the answer. I don't think he is equivalent or even in the same tier of any kind as Derrick Henry. So give me the, the D Henry side. And again, not to insult Rondale Moore, but he's kind of like that in my mind. Anyway, he's kind of like that Christian Kirk kind of player, like a wide receiver two, three, I, I you know, I've got seven of them. I don't really need an eight. So you yeah. You could even okay argue he hopes to be that Christian Kirk kind of player. Well, yeah actually that's a fair point yeah yeah uh this last one i actually think is the most interesting with the guy on the other side which is and i'll, I'll andrew I'll let you start on this one uh derrick henry and alec pierce 
for Debo and a 2023 fourth. I don't think anybody knows what what to do with Debo at this point. So where are you at on this one? Uh, again, three for three, taking the Henry side here. <laughs> I, Debo has worried me ever since they traded for McCaffrey. And I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm nervous. Like we got out of Debo and, and Junkies and I was happy about that. I'm like, you know, I, I don't mind getting Godwin back on that one. I think Alec Pierce has some potential if that offense gets better and takes a step up and that offensive line is supposed to be good. And again, I think Derrick Henry in, in you know, June is going to be worth more than Debo alone. So I, I just think that the, the, the signs pointing arrows are pointing down for Debo with Henry. It's kind of flat. Uh, you, st- you still with Henry on this one too, Jeff? Yeah, I think so. And, and I think Pierce is buzzy enough that if the Colts get a, a better quarterback upgrade and don't bring in anybody above him, I think he's going to recognize some good value there. Um, but again, yeah, Debo's a player that, you know, I'm, I'm holding him in a couple leagues, but I'm nervous to be holding him in a couple leagues. Granted, I got in at the right price. I got in like preseason 2021, like before he really kind of blew up. And so like that, I feel a little bit better there, but at the same time uh, with Christian McCaffrey, I just don't know what Debo Samuel, I don't, the same role isn't there that he was in before. And so McCaffrey just eats so much of that, what he was able to do. Yeah, it's a good point, and, and I believe that's also where we got in on Debo, uh, Andrew, in the in the in the junkies yeah. league. So we we got in cheap, and we sold him for Godwin. Uh, I think uh, we had to give up like up to two twelve or something like that uh, with him to get Godwin. I'm pretty happy with that return, and I'm with you guys. I I kind of like Debo, but yeah, he's scary. I just you know you don't know what you're get going forward. I don't think we're ever seeing the top five wide receiver season we saw last year from him. So he's not going to they they especially this next uh, year or so with McCaffrey still there. I don't think we're going to see him running as much, even though they did use him some in that role this year. And as a receiver, having Trey Lance comes in is a little scary too. So. Uh, I have no idea what to make a Debo. I would, uh, this is another one where I would make the playoff push move. Uh, if I'm selling Debo's a guy I'm willing to sell to make a playoff push move is basically what it comes down to for me. Uh, and Derek Henry's a pretty good return. Okay. So we will hop back and start going uh, back in order again. So we'll do, we got TA three, uh, 2023 first and i did not look up where this is so maybe i'll i'll try and do it while one of you is talking about this because i should be able to tell where this is uh and jamichael hasty which so basically a 2023 first uh and this was made before the week for keenan allen and tyler higby <laughs> so, so jeff i'll let you i'll let you comment on this one first while i try and see if i can figure out exactly where the first is i probably take the pick because like what else, how much more are you going to get for Keenan Allen? I guess is how I look at it. And that's, that's an exit point there where um, I, I, you've got to love what Josh Palmer did for the chargers this year and stepping up there and, you know, Keenan Allen, if there is any of that Palmer becoming more of a regular piece in that offense and Keenan Allen sliding back just a little bit and Mike Williams kind of, you're just going to lose a lot of value fast off Keenan Allen. And so if you're going to try to get out getting a first, yes, you got a first and I want to know where that first is. That kind of matters a little bit, but um, it it just gives you an opportunity to reset. And I don't know if you're going to be able, if Keenan Allen's value is really at a point where uh, you're able to get that first, plus a younger player that you feel really good about. And so that's kind of where 
I land with the first. Um, but again, Keenan's one of those guys, he's kind of like Debo Samuel, but older where his value was so low before that Justin Herbert. And and so he's kind of rebounding and bouncing back and forth. But um, at his age, that bottom can fall out at any time. Uh, real quick, I think this will probably strengthen your opinion on the first. It's uh, by a team that lost in the first round. So it's either 107 or 108. Okay, so you're looking at you're probably looking at potentially um, Jordan Addison in that range, Jackson Smith mm-hmm. and Jigba maybe in that range. If Zach Evans goes into the draft, you're looking at him there, uh, or maybe you're getting like a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson there, depending on where the capital goes and depending on if you draft before or after the draft. And so if, if you were to say like, hey, you can get Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba or Keenan Allen, I think that we're all probably going to be at a place here in a couple months where we're taking those young receivers hands down over Keenan Allen. I'm with you. And I think, I think we're still going to get a couple decent years out of Keenan Allen, but, but Tyler Higby, despite this past week, and especially when this trade was made, his dynasty value is nothing essentially. So nobody wants, nobody is trading for Tyler Higby. So you're basically, especially when the trade was made, you were trading the 107 or the 108 for, for Keenan Allen. That's just a little too pricey for me. Even thinking, you know, we'll still get a couple of years of Keenan of at least wide receiver two production, I think. Uh, but the guy, I mean, the guy is, he, I think he is 30 now. Uh, so he might as well be dead to, to the dynasty community. <laughs> I, I just, I, 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 even in the playoffs, even wanting points, I couldn't bring myself to give a first for Keenan Allen, even plus, a Tyler Higby. Well, I'll, I'll jump in with this real quick and just say, if, if, if you make this trade before the Higby happens, right before you get Higby and you're looking at this, I want the first all day. Right. But if you make this trade and that you start Higby and that advances you in the playoffs, it's worth it. That's really all it is. Like it, it's, it's close enough to me. Like I, I don't hate the one Oh seven. I don't hate Keenan Allen. I think they're pretty close. I think you could probably get, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm speculating a lot because well, how about we have five this? months. Let's change your viewpoint, uh, Jeff. Uh, the guy that traded for Allen and Higby won by nine points and started See? Higby. Why are these? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Why are people starting Tyler Higby in the semifinals? <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, I, it's like, why did I lose to Tyler? Why do people start exactly. Tyler Higby going to the, like, these are the things that drive me absolutely crazy as a fantasy <laughs> analyst, as a fantasy player, like uh, doing ranks every week in ECR of like, I, I have like all my <laughs> underlying usage and everything. And I and like, I'll rank a player low and then it'll go off. But then I'll see people that had him ranked high. And I'm like, what did you see? Like, you could not have seen anything to know this was coming. Like you just, well, the dumb luck portion of this kind of but honestly jeff the tight end landscape is brutal oh, right I now get it. I so get i think it. that's a lot of it is that it's it's the it's the scarcity at the position it's making people look for upside and they're like you know just throwing stuff against the wall you know what i mean like yeah. i think that's part of what it is so what i'm what i'm back to my point which makes this even stronger if this got you a victory i, I you don't look back on this negatively at all you're like this was exactly what i needed to do and honestly maybe the bigger picture here is whoever made this trade made the higby happen Let's put it that way. Like this trade ex- made it come into existence, perhaps. Like we'll never know, but I'm willing to bet on it. Let's see what. I, so yeah, I, I think again the value is is definitely on the first. But if you got a win out of it, and you said it before, flags fly forever. You know what I mean? Like if this helps you get a title, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So yeah. And, and this one next was kind of the opposite example where what we talked about, where you can. I I feel no trade deadlines a lot of times much more benefits actually the teams not in the playoffs. Because you can get moves like this where 
a guy traded 2024 first and Melvin Gordon, which whatever Melvin Gordon for Miles Sanders. And I'm sure I, I'm not in TA five. This is a TA five trade. My guess is this did not help him win at all. And he probably was eliminated from the playoffs, but <laughs> I, I don't know that for a fact, maybe the rest of his lineup was stacked, but, but Miles Sanders certainly did not help him this week. And, and even before this week, I, I am not giving up a first of any sort for Miles Sanders. I get why you, why the owner, the manager would expect that. Uh, he, he had had some nice games recently, but, uh, but he's he's in a whole lot of flux going forward. He's not signed with the Eagles. Uh, there's a lot of running backs coming into the league. I believe there's a decent amount of free agent running backs. So I, I do not want to go. I, and I like Miles Sanders. I think in real life, Miles Sanders is a very good real life running back. But for fantasy purposes, I am not giving up a 2024 first for Miles Sanders. Even if he had scored 30 points this week, I wouldn't feel great about that. <laughs> well, I'll go first on this one. Miles Sanders... Or a 24 first and Melvin Gordon. I'm going with the first. You know, like I I just I I don't know if Miles Sanders is the guy there long term. Even if, like you said, even if it wins me, man. And Melvin Gordon, I I dropped him in a couple leagues because I just I'm just done with that drama. But I that 24 first is gonna just only go up in value. Sanders is cratering. So I yeah, I don't know. That's just where I, I'm at. What about you, Jeff? Yeah. Definitely the first, you know, Miles Sanders is one of those that uh, I think there's so many guys that are in that I would be willing to give up a second, but I would want a first back like type range and Sanders is in there. So if you can get the first back that then win, I think Rocky makes a great point there on, you know, he's not signed with the Eagles moving forward. You know, would we be shocked with multiple picks if the Eagles took Bajan Robinson with one of those picks? We'd be <sighs> shocked if they go out and drop money and get Josh Jacobs. And it better be their own pick Miles Sanders. Do. But, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, Jameer Gibbs later in the first round, yeah. like, these things can easily happen and really delete because you think you're buying the landing spot with Miles Sanders and you could not be at all. Um, but it, I do want to make a, a point of, like, all the listeners out there. I love you all for listening to this, and you're all my family, and, and I'm giving you a little bit of advice here as a guy that does a college football show. Go get 24 first-round picks. Yes. And I know that everybody – I, I floated it out a month ago and people got so mad at me on Twitter for saying, well, everybody said 23 picks. What do you mean? 24 is more valuable. Well, 24 Marvin Harrison jr. Is in that draft. Caleb Williams and Drake may probably would both be the first quarterbacks taken in, in this draft. They'll be in that draft. Kayshawn Boutte already pulled back. We don't know yep. if Zach Evans might pull back there. There's some whispers of that. He's not quite sure. And, and so the 24 picks are where I want to be right now. And that could, I, I, that's far enough out that, you know, that could end up anywhere. So I just want to jump in and be like, this happens every year. And I love it. It happens every time there's supposed to be a good draft class. Something happens, whether it's people moving back a year or players who were supposed to be good falling off the face of the earth in college happens every year. So I think it was actually on, on junkies. J Mike said first or first, just go get first. And yeah. a 24 first is cheaper today than a 23 first. Yeah. You can get two 24 firsts in some trades where you would only get one 23. Like I'm not saying always kick the can down that far, but it's, it's a good piece of advice, Jeff. And again, as someone who follows college, I trust your word more than most. And I, you're not the only one I've heard saying it. I, you know, on this podcast a few weeks ago, we talked about that where Ryan McDowell say, came on and said, I'm not wowed by the 23 class. Like I will say 2020 was the last class before as far as me and since i've gotten into the dynasty space that was kind of hyped at least in some level to the way the 23 class was and at the time i think it did live up to the hype 
that class oh, it still can. Yeah. I'm just saying. And, and that that I, I, the no, I'm just saying right. some of the guys did not. Yeah, some of the guys did not pan out as pros as well as we hoped, which is always going to happen. But you know, with Burrow and and Tua in that class, and Herbert ended up being the best guy, which we didn't know at the time. But the the, the five running backs everybody wanted, and and uh, all that stuff in that class. So, uh, and some of those, some of them have been disappointments. But one of them was also the RB one for like a year and a half or two or two years. So, uh, I sometimes they do live up to the hype. But I do agree. Like we're hearing a lot about how you know, like like Jeff said, Boutte moved to twenty four, and and some of the guys did not live up to the hype that are coming out in twenty twenty three in in the twenty twenty two season. So, uh, I do think so little bit of the shine is coming off for people in the know. But I do think there's still a lot of uh, cachet with those 23 firsts from people just for how long we've been talking about them. Yep. And it's still a good class. Yeah. Well, part of it, part of it was buying Bijan Robinson lottery tickets. And that, that, and that's still there. Yeah. You know, that's still there, but you know, if you got them or not. Now. Yes. Now you do. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that was some of it. It's still a good class. And I, and I think that that's what people like freak out and be like, you told me to get this pick. And now you're saying it's, it's not a, a bad class. It's still a good class. It's just that guys that you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba really didn't play this year. And, and some of these other things that CJ Stroud didn't take steps forward. Like you were hoping there's some of these other things that what you were hoping to see, like we didn't really have an extra quarterback emerge, like those types of things where it, it, it accelerated the value. It just kind of pulled the value back a little bit. And you can answer this, Jeff, but I think from what I've heard, it still looks like a pretty good, uh, running back class too, right? Especially if Evans yeah. does come out. Yeah, we want Evans to come out. Um, that would help strengthen it a little bit. But it's going to be a great class to have seconds in to pepper some of these guys that land in. Uh, if Sean Tucker, if Devin O'Shane, if if Zach Charbonnet, those types of players are going to land through your second round. And we see the landscape of the NFL. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is the starting running back in the NFL now. <laughs> and so you know, these seconds you're, are going to be guys that are going to be productive into your starting lineups next year. Yeah, like Isaiah Spiller, you know, perfect second round pick. That's not. Oh wait, no, he's nothing. Like we we don't know. That's the <laughs> you, whole thing. We don't know. Debbie Royale, we told you to stay well, away from him because he was slow. Well, fair, good plug. <laughs> but I'm saying, like in general, like there's a lot of second round picks that don't pan out, right? Yeah. So like I, I don't mind having more second round picks, but yeah. in general, you know, we're we're talking a lot about the 24 class, which is exactly what I'm glad about you being on this show, Jeff, because we're talking trades, and this is your wheelhouse, so <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Okay, and this this next one is a is a little bit of a smaller one. Uh, David Mon- TA six, by the way, David Montgomery for uh, 2023-206, uh, which that one I I did look up what it was because we actually know where some of the picks are. 2023-206 and a 2024 second, and then that 206 was known when the trade was made because it was a non-playoff pick. So. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Two seconds, mid-seconds, possibly? Like, you can call it 24 or mid-second for Montgomery. I mean, everybody seems to be out on Montgomery and just kind of done with him. I I don't know, 206, like, let's call it a mid-second and a mid-second because we don't know in 24. Two mid-seconds for Montgomery. I don't hate it on a rebuild, but I do think he's still – he's not that bad. He's not dead. I mean, like, he's just as much of a risk as whoever you're going to get at 206. Like, I, I don't know. I'd rather have the Montgomery name that I've heard of and maybe has some name cachet. That being said, the 24 and 23 picks both will be going up in the next five to six months. So maybe that's the better side. This is literally one of those. I want more info on the team. Like, you know, are you trading these picks because you need a running back for the title run Then take Montgomery? Are you rebuilding? And you're like, I don't want David Montgomery. Then take the picks. Like, I hate to kind of waffle on that, but 
That's how blob his trade is. I, I don't have <laughs> the other side, but I do know that uh, both TA6 trades, I think one of the other ones is one of the Henry ones, um, were made by the infamous J. Mike team, where J. Mike got David Montgomery uh, for two sticks. If you don't know, Jeff, if you don't listen every week, J. Mike has the most ridiculous team you will ever see in TA6. He, he had the J. Mike Invitational a couple of years ago where he got the entire first round. Um, he had good players on top of that. And I don't have it up in front of me, but I, if I read it off, you would just be like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he, 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 and he keeps amassing picks as well. He doesn't have any whole rounds of any, of anything anywhere, but he, he has multiple seconds and first in this league and a stack team. And he decided to send, so that's the context and send two seconds for David Montgomery. So, so giving you that, where, where, where are you at Jeff? Probably the picks, but I kind of so Montgomery is like Miles Sanders, where yeah, uh, he's going to be a free agent, and this is almost one of those that the price of acquisition is low enough where, you know, if David Montgomery signs with Kansas City or signs with like Miami or something like that, like what is the offseason buzz going to do there? It's going to spiral. I mean, it's going to this is value is going to skyrocket on that and so that's almost where this is a low enough buy-in point where you're just rolling the dice on him leaving in free agency and getting a fun landing spot like that and then david montgomery signs with the chiefs can you get a late first for him i would think so uh, you know and so that's kind of where um you're just kind of buying that lottery ticket on him entering free agency and landing in a good spot yeah, you, you kind of stole the thunder of what I was going to say there, because that, that this is kind of the opposite of the Miles Sanders thing where it's yeah, it's it's, it's the same situation. They're both going to be free agents, but you're paying much less, even even with two seconds. And again, like I said, J. Mike has multiple seconds. So this this isn't hurting him too badly anyway. Uh that's worth it for me for a for the playoff run if it helps you and then b there is a bonus on top of it where where he can increase in value here so uh, i'm not going to belabor that too much i just uh i'm just basically going to agree with the smart guy jeff so uh, <laughs> ta7 is our next one uh we got one ta7 trade this was a, a a smaller one, one but the uh, the, in, the guy on the other side i found interesting so this is uh jarek mckinnon for darnell mooney so this is obviously a, a kind of thing where someone's trying to get McKinnon playoff points. Is Darnell Mooney, Jeff, too much to give up for Jarek McKinnon points? Or are you out on Mooney anyway? I'd rather have Mooney. I, I think that we've seen enough development from Justin Fields that if a couple places pieces fall right in the Chicago offense, that could be like uh, you know like your eagles offense rocky where they're just uh that's you just want pieces of that i think we've i personally think we've seen enough from fields that that could be the case and so mooney at this acquisition point is a buy and low on there and and i think that mooney is ideally a second wide receiver in an offense but if he suits that role i mean devonta smith is doing pretty dang well with the eagles there and so if, i think that that is within the wheelhouse on mooney and I, while mcginnon is hot right now i mean a month ago did anybody want jarek mckinnon a month ago i mean is anybody no. gonna, you know and, and he showed this at, at the end of last year too and then the chiefs like just didn't even use him at the beginning of next year and so do they go out and draft the pass catching back is this one of those that they they draft the pass catching back and try to play him at the beginning of the season to see if they've got something there and if they don't then they put mckinnon in again uh mooney is just uh, i'd rather have that dynasty piece 
I'm going to agree with Jeff again. I, I'm ne- I've never been a big Mooney guy, and I totally agree with Jeff that he's best suited to be a, like the team's wide receiver too. Uh, but that can that can have its value in itself, and and mostly it's just because I would again I don't remember which team I'm in TSM, but I don't remember which team sent McKinnon. But I would assume they were already out of the playoffs. You're to get to me get, to get anything from McKinnon at this point is a win. So uh, even if I don't yeah. love Mooney, I mean if he can be a wide receiver three for the next three or four years on and in the wide receiver two in Chicago's offense. That's, that's a great return on McKinnon. So uh, I get why a, a playoff team would send this, but I think I would rather keep Mooney as well and try and get McKinnon some other way. Yeah, I agree entirely. I'm, I'm the same as you guys boring as it is. I'm taking Mooney in a heartbeat, but in a, in a similar trade, I had an offer in a league where I am, I just got knocked out. And I was, you know, pretty good all year and just couldn't put it together this week like a lot of teams, right? And one of the guys that's still in it, who is the number one team by far, sent me an offer for a a 24 second, like let's say a mid 24 second for my Jarek McKinnon. And I was like, give me a little more on top of that. Like, you know, add add another player from your bench. Like you need him more now than, than anyone, right? And it's like, I don't mind, at that point, I don't mind holding just to kind of, if he's not willing, that's fine. But I think I threw in like Albert O. You know, like pick somebody small. I don't care. Pick somebody. Give me upside somewhere. You know what I mean? Like I got to pick up a player off waivers. You know what I mean? Like might as well. And that's kind of what this trade feels like. It's almost like somebody had somebody over a barrel and they're like, uh, give me Darnell Mooney. And they're like, you know what? I'm never starting Mooney. I will start McKinnon. Let's go for it. Right. And down the road, Mooney is going to have a lot more value. We honestly, McKinnon could be cutting lines at Chipotle come August. We don't know. I mean, like, honestly, like there's so much that we just especially the running back group. Like it's just, it's all over the place. So yeah, Mooney by far here, but it kind of goes back to that trade. Like I mentioned, like even a 24 second. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would probably take it if he went you know, if he was really playing hardball, I'd be like, all right, I'll take it. But like, I don't mind asking for a little more because they need it more than you do. Right. That's kind of the whole point. The market has shifted and, and McKinnon right now is a, I don't know, top 20 running back, which are hard to find in, in fantasy playoffs. And speaking of which, we have back-to-back McKinnon trades moving to TA8. And I thought this one was interesting, too, because uh, for regular listeners, Russ actually talked about this on the show of possibly making this offer with Bosch. Talking with Bosch, he did not make the offer to Bosch because he's not in TAA, but they talked about this on the show, and and John said this is probably what you have to do. This is the guy you have to send. So I'm wondering what you guys think about this one. Uh, Trey McBride for Jarek McKinnon plus the 309. So uh, what do you think, Jeff? Especially, you know, you're uh, McBride's a rookie. So, he's, you know, he's fresh, fresh out of college. You're probably a little more familiar with him than the rest of us are because he hasn't done much as a pro yet. So, so where are you at on McBride? And do you think he would be too much to give up for that McKinnon playoff points? It's probably lands is too much. I think that people view McBride. So McBride was largely an early mid second round pick last year. And uh, I think that people view him as being blocked with behind Zach Ertz, but I I don't know. I I think that we kind of play way too much into that being blocked type thing there where, you know, the Cardinals valued him highly. They took him highly in the draft and the Cardinals are going to be in a franchise in flux. I have a feeling. I think that you're going to see some major changes there kind of seems headed in that direction. And if you're rebuilding, reloading as the Cardinals, Zach Ertz seems like the perfect guy to trade off uh, that you can get potentially recoup some picks there for him, given the production that he showed when he had an opportunity and so if Zach Ertz gets traded, what is that going to do in the dynasty conversation for Trey McBride, even though we haven't seen good production from him as a rookie here, 
you know that you're going to have Trey McBride day on Twitter when <laughs> Zacherts gets traded. And so you're going to be able to capitalize and turn around, even if you don't believe in McBride and, and just, even if it's just that day, if that were to happen. Uh, and again, McKinnon's just, we just don't uncertain future. I mean, if you're getting the playoff points, I don't blame you for doing it. And you're getting that third back and you're throwing a dart, you know, maybe, you know, Isaiah likely was kind of in that third round range and you'd feel pretty good if you got him or like Daniel Bellinger, guys like that versus McBride. But um, so I don't blame you there, but in a vacuum, not knowing the playoff situation, I still take McBride on value, but um, yeah, I, I can see both sides on this. And yeah, I'm with you there. And uh, when they talked about it last week, it basically, they kind of went, went through, Again, this hadn't been made yet, but they were talking, looking at Russ's uh, TA8 roster, uh, both he and Bosch, and he basically had like total junk that people probably would not accept for McKinnon. Had no picks, and uh, th- they kind of settled on Alberto or Trey McBride would be the guy he'd have to send for to get it accepted. Uh, and, and I don't really have too much of a problem with it. Um, I would prefer the McBride side, though. And it goes to what I said earlier, because I did look it up while Jeff was talking. Uh, Russ did start him. Russ did win. And he won by 50 points. So he could have not traded for Jerry. Now, maybe Jerry McKinnon scores 30 and wins him the title game. I don't know. But he would have won this week. He could have started a zero in Jerry McKinnon's spot, and he would have won this week. So, uh, But uh, any any thoughts before we move on from Jerry McKinnon? uh, entirely i believe no i i pretty much said what i had to say last time i agree values on the mcbride side for me here but again it's one of those where i'd feel weird about throwing in the third as weird as it is like i i'd want to hold the third and just do straight up but you know that's getting ticky tack those are little picks if that's what the guy wants and, and you you need a tight end yeah mcbride's a fine choice as a flyer i like it and, and now we're going to get into a couple smaller ones that are are, are my trades here uh, and i'm going to give Ooh. you a little context um a they did not work, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> okay. but but you have to go in with the mindset that I did not know that when this would happen, uh, when when these trades were made, uh, and uh, B I had zero quarterbacks on sun, starting quarterbacks on Sunday morning, so that's that's where these trades were coming from. I had like I actually had like four on my roster at one point. I had like Mariota, Garoppolo. Uh, Stafford, uh, and I think somebody else. Um, and then by the time this week rolled around, I had zero. Uh, so the first trade is Brock Purdy and a 2024 third for a 2024 second. Thinking basically that I was going to get two weeks of Brock Purdy, but now, of course, I only got one uh, because I did not win. Uh, but And that I was willing to drop around two years from now for that. I'll start and just say I like the second in this because they're both 24s. I would probably take the second, but I totally get why you did this trade. Like this is one of those trades that you're just like looking back. You, you know, I keep track of all my trades and I try to put notes in there to like tell my future self, hey, I wasn't an idiot. This is where my head's at. Like this is why I did what I did. And this is exactly why I do that because this trade on paper is like, wait, what? Br- Brock Purdy was a thing that was worth trading. And I yes, know. definitely it is. He is um, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, but for a round degrade for that, I would probably say no thanks. But in this stake, sure. Yeah, I get it. Jeff? Yeah, this these are the types of things why I love Dynasty and like why I yeah. love not having trade deadlines. And it's there just one of those that um, in a vacuum, I would probably prefer to hold the second. I just don't, I don't know. I'm skeptical that Brock Purdy is 
anything moving oh, as forward. As am I. I was basically looking at this as I was getting too <laughs> No, but you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, you need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I love like trades like that. It's just so much. You don't have this in redraft. Like, you don't have like trades. No. Like, you just yes. you just got to do it to, you know, to try to try to do this thing. And yeah, it didn't work, but you can't blame yourself for doing what you had to do. And then similarly, uh, so maybe we don't have to go on with this one too much. I, I was able to trade uh, a, what was a late 2023 second at the time. Now that I lost, we know it's the 209, but technically was not known when I sent it because uh, it was my second uh, for Tom Brady, which I, I thought was I was perfectly fine with. I, you know, I also thought I was getting more than like 12 points, but uh, <laughs> uh, to get two starts from, from Brady and, and I know they have, he hasn't been normal Tom Brady this year and I have no idea. I, I tend to doubt he's coming back after this year, uh, but you don't know. We, we haven't th- we've thought for the last five years, he wasn't coming back after this year. So it's possible there could be even value beyond this year, but 209 for two playoff starts. I was willing to spend. Yeah, before the season, I had one league where I was short a quarterback and I traded a 23 second for Tom Brady and it ended up being a mid second. And then um, a couple weeks ago, I traded I traded Baker Mayfield, Jawan Johnson and a late third for Brady. Um, just a speculative, like a team that I was out of the playoffs, but um, it, you know, it was just one of those that let's roll the dice because I'm not really giving much up. So I don't blame you there, especially with the context that, you know, you needed to start a guy and yeah, you didn't do much, but if he comes back and you know, he goes to Miami or something like that, you know, I think that you can recoup that value. Easily. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think if you can get a second for him, if he's starting again next year, especially like you said, especially if he moves, uh, I think somewhere else where there's maybe hope he, he, he improves a little bit and the, the team situation isn't as bad. Um, I, I, we, we talked about cheap quarterbacks. Do you really need to? Okay. I, and just to make sure you didn't want to have anything you really no. wanted to say there. Cause we, we still have it. like six more trades here. Cause yep. we had Let's so many moving. trades. Uh, next trade is the TA nine. Oh, these are both me too, actually. Uh, Rashad Bateman, 2023, third, 2023, fourth, 2024, third for Brock Purdy, Aaron Jones, James Connor, and Adam Thielen. Anybody want to chime in first? On I'll go first. Yeah, I can repeat I that, that if you need me to. <laughs> well, I want the Brock Purdy, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Adam Thielen side. Like those are all players that are are in my lineup probably next year. Thirds and fourths, I whatever. Rashad Bateman, I get the hype, but that team doesn't want to pass. I, I don't mind getting a quarterback without having to give one up. Like all of all of the things that my my brain tells me is just everything on that Aaron Jones side, and I'm calling it the Aaron Jones side because that's the biggest piece. Uh, but Brock Purdy is a quarterback and is listed first, but it's the Aaron Jones side for me, for sure. I just it just made me laugh. I just realized on the sheet I wrote it as Brock Purdy. Um <laughs> I almost said it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was actually a counter. I think I sent Rashad Bateman plus for uh and it was a bigger plus than these picks, I think, for like Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, and Brock Purdy. And this is the counter I got. And I just kind of smash accepted it because I, yeah, I, I think I started everyone on that in there, but Adam Thielen is because I, that team, I also lost uh, Jalen Hurts. So uh, I, I think I may have had a third quarterback, but I, I, I felt Purdy was a better start than him. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but Jeff, uh, you, you on the vet, the vet side on that one or. 
Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I really look at it as Aaron Jones and James Conner for Rashad Bateman. And if it's a playoff situation, give me Aaron Jones and James Conner. I'll go down swinging with those guys versus Bateman's just points on my bench. And, and again, it, the the Ravens have to address the wide receiver position at some point this offseason. And, you know, with Mark Andrews being there, that slides Bateman potentially down the pecking order. And, you know, the, the shine, I think, is going to be off him pretty quickly versus where it was coming into the season and the year before. I agree. And that was another reason I was very happy to to, to do this. And, and I don't think, especially, even though I think he's the older guy, especially Aaron Jones, I don't think he's like dead next year or anything, too. I think he, he's going to have point value, if not dynasty value next year. He's going to have uh, fantasy value. So, Andrew, do you know what it's time for now? I think I do. Trade of the week. We're gonna talk about a trade addict trade, and it's sponsored by the sleeper. Ad. Try okay. to do the rust dance there. Time for our sleeper trade of the week. This was the one I alluded to earlier, where I traded. I made a trade in theory to get more points. It probably wasn't a great idea even when I did it. But then the guy I traded outscored the player I traded for. And I lost by the by less than the, the difference between the two. Basically, Ugh. I traded for Christian McCaffrey for Jalen or Jalen Waddle for Christian McCaffrey, uh, thinking I'd get some Buku points over the next two weeks here. And Waddle outscored him, I believe, by 12 points. I lost my matchup by eight. Oof. Direct substitution, one for the other, in my lineup. Lost Rocky, me. This week. is why. This is why you don't tinker. <laughs> this is why you don't make yes. trades like this. Like this oh, is why yeah. I said I'm trying to to not do these kinds of things. But this was one that probably wasn't a great idea going in to begin with. I love Jalen Waddle. I'm not even sure what. I think I got excited because I made like five trades Sunday morning. But again, I'm trying not to do that, and I did it anyway. Two of them were those quarterback trades. But and one of them was that junkies trade. But uh, do as I say, not as I do, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm trying to back off these. And I had, I didn't the first week, and then this week I, I kind of went crazy over the weekend. Yeah. But how bad was this, Jeff? Uh, anybody <laughs> that anybody that knows me knows that I'm going for a younger potential, well, current top ten wide receiver any day of the week, and and so, um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> That's Jeff's nice way of saying that was hard. Get... Andrew, what do you think? I, I don't hate it. I guess I, it's not like it's an embarrassing trade. This isn't like one of those that I don't think you deserve to get lit up for. There are definitely people yeah. out there that don't think Waddle's the guy. They think he's the second receiver behind Tyreek Hill. Like, there's plenty of knocks on that side, even if he is a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. McCaffrey's a top three dynasty running back. You know what I mean? Like, and and it honestly, like there's there's so few of those McCaffrey type players. He's in a tier almost of his own, right? So I get the allure of the Christian McCaffrey, especially if you're going for a title. Um, I think, you know, 75% of the time, McCaffrey's going to outscore Waddle. You know, like it, you made the right thing on paper. I just don't think my heart would let me send Waddle for McCaffrey in Dynasty. It just feels, it just feels icky, you know, to kind of use that word again. Like I would much rather have Waddle long-term and short-term. I don't think the point differential is enough for me to give it up. Waddle could be a player in Dynasty for five to seven years. McCaffrey, maybe not. But again, I don't hate it. I, I'm not trying to slam it, but it's it's not. This is one of those trades that you could put on Twitter 
and you have somebody going, my God, you stole that guy. And you have somebody then immediately going, which guy, you know, I got, I, I, yeah. they're both, you know, they're both way up there. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, clearly the McCaffrey side one. And then immediately after that, you see someone else. Why would you send Waddle? Like just, it just, it's, it's a perfect encapsulation of fantasy Twitter. These two guys. So good trade for the, for content, right? For content. Yeah. That, that, that's what, <laughs> that's why I did it. That's exactly why I did it. Um, but yeah, I think I was looking at it. I got caught up in the uh, the last three weeks. He, he's 20, 25 points or more each of the last three weeks. Um, and yeah, I, I have no other explanation. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. again, I, I am a huge Waddle guy. He's like, he's like top like four dynasty wide receiver for me. I don't know what I was thinking when I did this. I, I just had a brain cramp. But so as you said, do as I say, not as I do. Um, don't trade Jalen. Well, another way to another way to put it is you now believe this after your your flurry of trades, you've realized what an idiot and what a bad idea it is. You're like, oh, listen, guys, I've tried it. It doesn't work. Yes, I mean, there it. you go. <laughs> I, I still can't believe it literally cost me the win. That that, that trade itself Ugh. cost me the win. Uh okay, so we're now down to our last league, but they made a whole bunch of trades. So we still have a bunch more. TA ten. Oh. DeAndre Hopkins for 208 and a late 2023 third. My because we know now what DeAndre Hopkins did too. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, but they did not when they made this trade. So uh Jeff, are you what do you think of this one? You 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 look picks low enough that you're sending this for DeAndre Hopkins before the week? Well, I'm trying not to think emotionally here because I lost the semifinal when DeAndre Hopkins had one point and I lost by like three, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So, and, and I had traded uh, a fourth and Isaiah Pacheco for DeAndre Hopkins earlier in the year. And, um, so I, I'm, I just don't want anything to do with DeAndre Hopkins right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but the value on it, I guess maybe Hopkins, but um, yeah, I'm just very bitter right now, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm with you, but I think that's low enough that, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that, especially not knowing he was only going to get one catch. So uh, I don't think there's much else to say. I mean, I, to me, the 208 and a third is 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 worth what you thought you were. Although I will say, you know, there was you – know, we were talking Trace McSorley. So it was not right. even Paul McCoy here. Although although he did make Greg Dortch into a superstar this week, but yep. he had 10, 10 targets and catches yeah. one ball. Like what the heck? Practice squad connection. You know what I mean? Like second team connection happens all the time. Yeah, that's true. But price low enough for you though, before the week, uh, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, before or after even, I mean, as much as that week pains some, and I had him on that team that I lost that I should have won and all, you know, I, we all have stories. I still think Hopkins is worth that because even at the two away, you're hoping to get somebody who's about as good as Hopkins. You know, if you're lucky, you can get a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside. That's that's what you're hoping for at 208. Just give me Hopkins and call it a day. And I'll start with you on this one, too, Andrew. Uh, this one was interesting to me. Uh, get, get, get two two ACLs here. Uh, Deshaun Watson for Kyler Murray and Javante Williams. I mean, I, I said the, the word icky before. I, I would much rather have the icky of Kyler and Javante in the injury return than the icky of Deshaun Watson. Um, I am a, a biased Bengals fan in a sense. I don't really like Browns in general on fantasy teams. It's just, it's something how I am. And again, my advice, I generally make sure I state that I'm not trying to hide it, but I, I just also don't know how much Watson really has left in the tank. I think Kyler comes back, maybe not really as an elite option 23, which I've had some you know discussions back and forth on Twitter with people about. 
I just, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? And Javante again got hurt earlier and is most likely to come back for 23, potentially on a team that is going to lean on him. Like we said before, is just going to want to run the ball. Um, I think the, the Watson to Kyler gap is much smaller than Javante. So give me the Kyler Javante side. Uh, I'm going to come in here real quick before we move to Jeff. I, I kind of, it's because I, I've been a big Javante guy. I've also been a guy who's kind of, I I am one of those people that I'm willing to separate the, the morality mm-hmm. of Deshaun Watson from the fantasy player Deshaun Watson. Some people didn't do that, and I think that's perfectly fine, and I get it. Russ is that way. He he wants no Deshaun Watson. Uh, one of our one of our great patrons, uh, Ryan, just uh, uh, that's in the Cool Kids Club. He will not take Deshaun Watson on any of his teams, no matter what. So uh, again, just I'm separating it out. Even in that instance where I've been kind of fairly pro Deshaun Watson, the fantasy player, to me, this is pretty easily for me, the Kyler and Javante side, even knowing like both of these guys are guys that could come back late in the year. So obviously you need to be a rebuilding team um, to take this on uh, and not kind of not expecting a ton in 2023 even uh, because I think both of these guys might not be back till mid season, but, but I think with, the way we are with the the medical stuff nowadays and ACLs and everything I I think they eventually will recover fully it may not be in 2023 but uh and they're both young even Jante as a running back I think is still young enough where we could have a decent amount of productive years left and I just I love the talent of Javante I've always been a huge Javante guy I still value him I think higher than most people do so like you said the difference between even a hurt Kyler and Deshaun Watson um is smaller than Javante for me as well. So it, pretty easily that side Are you, are you with us, Jeff? Are you uh, uh, taking the other side? I'm easily there as well. And hey, I'm, I'm on your side there, Rocky, where, um, you know, I could take the points. Like it's, it's one of those, like once you start pulling out that, that thread, like do you have Joe Mixon on your team. Do you have Tyreek Hill on your team? Yeah. Like, you know, yep. they, you can just unravels real quick. Um, so there, but it's it's one thing I think that um, feeling icky with Deshaun Watson putting up elite numbers. It's another thing where, like, now you're hoping that Deshaun Watson is better. Like, then it's like, okay, no, no, I don't like. <laughs> I, I'm just, I would walk walk away from that situation completely. And and I do, I did acquire a lot of Deshaun Watson over the last two years, assuming that he would step in and be like Houston Deshaun Watson quickly again, and he should be at this point. Like, there's no reason why. I mean, he should be like, there's not, but he isn't, he should be this bad. And so that's where it's like, yeah. Yeah. And on those teams, it was one thing when I thought I was buying an elite quarterback and I was going to, you know, separate some of that morality and, and it's something else when now I'm looking at him like, well, I hope this guy plays better because he's on my team now. It's like it, that, that makes me feel like a different level. Yeah, I will say well, I I give him a little bit. I I was always giving him a little bit of a pass for twenty two, just because he's been away from the uh, playing football for two years, pretty much, other than a few preseason games. Uh, I I still think that we could see a much better Deshaun Watson next year. Yeah, and I I don't disagree with that. I'm and again, I'm not trying to say that anybody should feel icky about Watson. I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to you know virtue signal or say anything like. That. I'm just saying I don't personally. And there are definitely players I do and don't, and it's for different reasons all over the place. And that's a personal decision. And if you don't, if you can compartmentalize it, great. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, but how can you do? I don't go. You can. Great. You want to trade? You know what I mean? Like, I I don't care. You know, it's a game that's supposed to be fun. And for me, I don't mind 
other players over him. But again, I think what Jeff said is exactly the truth here. It, with this trade, you're banking on you're pretty much anyway, even if you don't think Javante is anything, you're banking on Watson being greater and better than Murray. And that's a tough call on its own. Like you might have him six and seven in dynasty, right? Like maybe that's the where this guy's got it, but that's a tall ask in my opinion, because we just haven't seen it from Watson. And yeah, he might come back in, in 23 and be terrific and be that guy that we everybody expected. But this might be the Watson we get taking a year off, not being injured and having a lot of mental drama and trauma and stress is going to weigh on you as someone who is a primarily mental position. So that's kind of where I would have been at it too. From the other side is that oof, just makes me nervous. I'd rather a physical injury than a mental one. Let's put it that way. And this one, this next one I thought was kind of interesting because Almost all these trades have been playoff teams with non-playoff teams for a push type thing. And this on his face seems like that kind of trade, but these are actually two non-playoff teams that made this trade. One just missed, one was eliminated. So one was a playoff team, but when the trade was made, both teams were not in the playoffs. Uh, Devontae Adams and a 23 late third for Devontae Smith and a 24 second. So this is a team that's looking at Devonte Adams next year. They're not expecting Devonte yeah. Adams points. So well, I'll, I'll go first. I, I think clearly this is a. I, I won out on Adams. He's getting older. He's got Derek Carr. I kind of feel like I want to get younger. And you're getting the younger player in Smith, who is obviously not in the same tier as Adams, but you're getting, in theory anyway, a, a, an earlier pick, a second for a third. But it's a year later. I, I still think the the value is on the Adams side, especially with that earlier pick. Um, I think I'd rather have Adams in the third than Smith in the second today and in March and in May and in July. I, I can't see a reason where Adams falls that sharply unless Derek Carr gets cut or has an ACL of his own or some crazy thing happens to that offense. Smith is almost always going to be the second or third option on that offense behind Dallas Goddard. I don't see that ever happening with Adams. So again, the, the pick swap is somewhat negligible. So give me the best player, which is Adams. Where are you at, Jeff? Andrew, where do you think Devonta Smith is in PPR <laughs> this year? In rankings or in finish? Well, in infinite, like in points. Well, Cause here's the thing. Here's the thing. His points this year have been pretty good and he's actually come up pretty far, but for a long stretch of the season, he was outside the top 30. I think right now he's probably what, like 20, 18, something like that. He's wide receiver nine on the season for points per game. Um, points per game. He's I mean, I don't think he's missed bit. that many. Let's see. One, well, two, the reason I asked that is I had a specific bet with uh, Justin run DFF that uh, he would be top 24 points per game. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit that. But he's my, he's my point, comfortably top 20 points per game. Right. And my point is not that he's a bad receiver. I, and again, you saw me hemming and hawing the entire time. I don't think Devonte Smith is a, is a bad player. I just think Adams is a better player. That's really all it is. He is, but I mean, there's pretty significant age difference between the two of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like that. I'm I'm on the Devonta side here. Um, I think finally that a disagreement. Offense, <laughs> there we go. I think that Eagles offense is a piece that I is something that I want pieces of. And you know, season long, he's he's wide receiver nine on the season, so he's giving you um, not per game, but over the course of the season, he's giving you top ten wide receiver numbers. And so it's certainly within the wheelhouse. Within he can do that. I think he's very. 
I think he's really underrated in both the dynasty community and the fantasy community at large. He's a very, very talented wide receiver and the Eagles are, I think they're growing in comfort and passing the ball. And we saw the big game, the, the ability. And I look at it as he's got the ability to have those 100 yard, two touchdown games. And maybe he doesn't have them quite as frequently as Adams, but they're there. And this is a, a stepping out point on Adams where, you know, you're getting a good young very talented receiver that went top 10 in the, the NFL draft a year ago and stepping into an lead offense. And that second, who knows where that ends up, you know, because if and that ends up as the one as the two of one, two or three in that range, you know, you're, you're adding a second really, really, really strong piece on top of that. And I feel like these are the types of moves that as you're looking to move out of players like Devonte Adams, this is kind of what you're hoping to do. Well, just real quick, Jeff, I just want to make sure that I mentioned two things here. Where is Devontae Adams in the rankings right now? He has more points than Devontae Smith. I mean, well, okay. So my point still stands. Secondly, in a weird twist of fate, back in May, in my home dynasty league, I sent Devontae Adams the 208 and a 23 second for Devontae Smith and the 103. And the 103 became Drake London. So that trade obviously was in May, very different world. That was with Devonte Adams, you know, just getting traded. I believe you just the, the hop, the optimism, optimism, you know, like we didn't know what we we're getting into. We have a whole season of production that says that Adams is greater than Smith. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I agree with the age cliff that is coming, but even on ECR, we've got Adams at our wide receiver four. And well, here, let me make sure I get this updated rankings. Cause I didn't refresh the page, but that was for week 17. Yeah. Dynasty rankings, ECR and fantasy pros. CD lamb is number four. We've got Stefan Diggs at six. We've got Devonte Adams way down at 11. Where do you think Devonte Smith is in ECR? Well, it'd be wrong if he's like way, way lower than that. I'm just saying he's 16, but I'm still, I'm still oh, saying yeah. like, he's not that I mean, far off, but he's still yeah. below. Right. And the 24 second and the 23 third are somewhat negligible. Like I'm just looking at it. Like, give me the better asset. That's literally the tie break. So I don't disagree with any of your statements, but I'd rather have the better player. But would I'm, you be shocked I'm, if Devonta Smith outscored Devonta Adams next year? I mean, shocked? No, yeah. no, not no. shocked. But which is more likely? You know sure. what I mean? Like, it my sixty percent chance that Adams is going to do it, then I'd, I'll take the. You know, it's it's a sixty percent. It's still slightly better than 50 50 I'll take that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a hundred percent chance, but it's slightly better. And for the picks, I'll take the slightly better. Yeah, I'm I'm with Jeff here, and and I'm certainly not an ageist dynasty player, and maybe it's because I see Devonte Smith week after week. Uh, but he is really good at football. I don't know if you saw the catch yes. he made on the sidelines this week. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah. And and they, they are using him. Uh, it, during the uh, non-point scoring season, this is something I think me and Russ called real well. Uh, we thought I think we were a little lower on A.J. Brown than we should have been because he's been more consistent than we thought, but we said they were going to be A.J. Brown weeks and they were going to be Devontae Smith weeks. And mainly a lot of the weeks have been AJ Brown weeks. And then we just get some Devonte Smith weeks too. But, but you knew there were going to be weeks where, especially, especially if you knew that Hertz was going to take a step forward the way he has in, in terms of passing, uh, you knew there were going to be some, there were weeks where, where Devonte Smith blew up as well. And we've seen that. And he's, he's a, we're we're almost done the season and he's right now again total points but he is a wide receiver one in total points um, which is pretty damn impressive for the wide receiver two on his team with another wide receiver one on his team so i'm willing to take the years take to take devonta smith and uh, and take the higher pick um so andrew you're wrong on that one 
Because me and Jeff. Both well, hang on, hang on. One one last thing, because I think it's worth. I just want to mention this. Okay, points per game PPR. I no no. I love this because this is what we need. It's a debate, right? So Devonta Smith is 16th in points per game PPR points per game. 14.7 points per game. Right, not bad. That's not bad. I'll take that. 16th, not bad. Devonta Adams quietly wide receiver six with 19.3 points per game. That's almost five points per game. I, I, I mean. I, I'm you're not, not trying to say you're like not actually I'm getting, curious you're not actually look. getting five points per game. You're getting the spike weeks, and you're yes, getting. I know, I, was I, know, say, I know, I know, I know. Look, I bet you with Adams, but you're still getting spike weeks with Devonta Smith. And I bet you, here's, I bet you that Devonte Adams has. I, I, I have not looked it up, so I could be entirely wrong. But it feels like Devonte Adams has had more dud weeks than Devonta Smith has. He's, he's fallen off a cliff like the past month. It's I will say bad. this here. Here's where I'm looking at this. De, how many, how many, just out of curiosity, how many weeks this year, do you think Devonte Adams has scored more than 20 fantasy points in PPR? Just off the top of your head feels how many weeks now you're talking spike weeks. Seven. How many weeks do you think he scored over? Yeah, that's that? what I would have said. Six or seven. Six. Yes. Six is the answer. All right. Now I'm just, cause I'm curious. How many do you think Devonte Smith has scored over 20 fantasy points as spike weeks, right? That's what we're talking about. Just the big ones. What, and we're talking PPR scoring, right? Three. You're saying three. What about you? I would have said four. Right. You said three or four. Over 20, you've got three. 21 is one of them, right? So if we're talking spike weeks, how are we not talking Devontae Adams? Like, I it, I just, I, I get your points, but at the same time, Devontae Adams is doing it quietly on a bad team. The Eagles are a high-powered offense, and Devontae Smith is the second or third option on a high-powered offense that people like to have pieces of. I'll take the guy quietly finishing higher. I don't know. Like I, that seems like a perfect trade, Jeff. We'd be perfect trade partners here. Like this is awesome because I would gladly take Devontae off your hands. How many points did uh, they each have in the semifinals last week? <laughs> oh, in, in one week? Yeah, let's look at let's look at specific yeah, yeah, trade yeah, weeks. That's fine. Week. Yeah, just look at a week. Pretty important <laughs> week. I mean, well, sure, but that's we also know what that is now. We're trying to predict the future, right? And that's I guess where your whole point is Devontae Smith is going to have more points in his future than Devontae Adams. Right, he's a younger player. No, he's got more, no, I, I don't. Points. I'm not saying he's going to have more points. I'm saying that he's going to have enough points that make it worthwhile, especially the age difference in dynasty. Like that to that's gain a 24 second versus your 23 third. Well, I think just in general, I, I think that's the stepping out. I just don't know, like at Devonte Adams' age, the way that usually the dynasty landscape works, it's not like you're going to. <laughs> You can you trade him for Garrett Wilson? I mean, sure, I'd love to get Garrett, but like, it's are you splitting hairs there between Garrett Wilson and Devonta Smith when you look at like moving forward? I just think, would it be shot? I mean, Devonta Smith is a top ten wide receiver this year. He's a wide receiver one this year, and yes, it's in total points, but he's still a wide receiver one this year, and he's right in that ballpark where. Um, well, and we talk about you know that that how. You know, we talk about how often it it's a double digit margin that decides weeks. I mean, is that five mm-hmm. points? How many weeks is that really swinging? Like, it, you you lose one or two weeks, but they're both capable of delivering in the playoffs. So let me make sure I understand your point. Your point is, I'd rather have fewer points from my receivers than more. I, that's fine with me. I'd rather have more. But whatever metric you're deciding here, Jeff, <laughs> Adams is better than Smith. So I don't, it's fine. He's you younger than him, and I want. feel better. He's younger. He's, that's what I'm saying. He's younger. That's the only metric Adams he's, can't win. No, he's younger, it, and it's close it's enough. significantly younger, and it's close enough. Exactly. I, I, that's fine. How much, just out of curiosity, because you brought him up, how many spike weeks, how many weeks over 20 PPR points do you think Garrett Wilson has had this year? Uh, how many weeks over 20 PPR points? Um, I think four or five, maybe. Rocky? 
just because we're talking about it. We can I have it up. So it's three. three. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's three, just like Devontae Smith. I, okay, I, I'm, so just, I I'm using this as a way to. Well, I'm I just real quick. I'm using this to show a point like the, the and I think we all are guilty of this. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone, Jeff. You're better than me at a number of things. Let's not get into that. What I'm saying is I think that there are some feels versus thoughts. There is some heart versus head. I, I also like the Eagles offense a lot more than the Raiders offense. Josh Jacobs has been a beast. Derek Carr has been kind of a dud for fantasy. Like if we're just looking at feelings, it feels like Devontae Smith is the better player. The stats don't pan that out, but that is also the, the past. We can't get those points. We're looking for the Adams future. Is a, and, clearly, is a clearly better player. Uh, yeah. And again, I'm not even arguing it. I'm just like trying to explain where my head's at. Like, I don't think I'm wrong okay. here. I'm just like, it's by the, the way is this. I don't know. Devon, Devonta Smith uh, had a bagel week one, which is clearly an aberration and outlier. If you take out that week, if you go from week two oh, on, let's just take less out than weeks. three. I love it. They're less than three points apart. Okay, so take out Devonte Adams one point two from week eight. <laughs> like we're just going to cherry pick. Let's I'm not. Pick. Let's I'm not able to do that on NFL. So, so I, you probably would have hated. Just ignore that. You would have hated something that I smash accepted. I I had uh, somebody offered me. Um, I had Tyreek Hill on my team and I was an eliminated playoff team and somebody offered me Garrett Wilson straight up for Tyreek Hill and I took it. I said, yeah, take Garrett Wilson. And I'll reset. He's Garrett Wilson's like 21 years old and I, that team. And Zach I have, Wilson's not going to be the quarterback anymore. I have Devonta Smith. <laughs> I have T Higgins on that team. And, and so Garrett Wilson fits right in that production window with the other receivers I have on my team. It went from being Tyreek Hill being the oldest guy that I have on my team to Zach Wilson being the youngest guy that I have on my team. And it really kind of rolls that window well, back. And, and I think, no go ahead i'm sorry well i I just think in in vets in terms of like realizing realistically looking at the dynasty landscape i I don't think a lot of people i I like the way that you think and that's that's good that you think that i just think that as players get older as they hit that 30 number like i'm i'm of the mindset i'm always looking for get out opportunities like once you kind of get to that range and so uh, Devonte adams is a get out opportunity for me and uh, i probably would like i don't know maybe a little bit better than Devonte smith but i i don't there we go that's what i was just gonna say like i don't hate that movie but, either, but it's but hard to, it's hard yeah. to get better than that i guess is kind of what i'm well, saying like you just have a lot of uh, i don't know i just think it's hard to do those trades I do. I think, I think Devonta Smith is very underrated when it comes to, especially the dynasty For, community. Yeah. He's very underrated. I okay. almost feel like he's getting overrated now, but yes, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're probably Maybe talking about two of the too, people that it, two of the people that probably view him as the most underrated. In the yeah. community. <laughs> um, okay. These last two, I'm just gonna let you guys comment on. Cause I think we just spent like 10, 15 minutes on that trade yeah. and we're like an hour and a half into the show. So I'm be just proud. gonna shut up and let you two talk. Aaron Rodgers for Mac Jones and Dawson Knox. Jeff, go. Well, I, you know I love Dawson Knox, but um, I don't <laughs> want anything to do with Mac Jones. So I guess in Superflex, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Agent. in in Superflex and in in specifically in uh, tra- trade addict scoring, you know Dawson Knox has a lot of potential to be a great tight end uh mac jones has a lot of potential to be a give me aaron Rodgers. yeah i just i can't sell myself on that enough as bad as aaron Rodgers has been the other two have just been all over the map so there we yeah, go we both took that I'm like all right finally <laughs> we're good go. and, and i am with you next one is a little bigger so uh take time to adjust this one yeah daniel jones oh there's Jarek mckinnon again uh greg dulcich and a 23 fourth for tyler higby 
2024 first, 2023 second, uh, late second, and the 2023 305. When a first. Funny uh, thing is, this yeah, I said the first 2024 first. Uh, the funny, funny thing in. is too, Higby went to uh, on this one I did look it up. Higby went to a non-playoff team because he was getting the picks out of this is what he really wanted. I'm not even sure why he asked for Higby. Maybe it's because Trade Edx has toilet bowl. He went 0 and 14. Uh, the worst teams get a buy in the first round of the toilet bowl to give them a Ooh. better chance of getting the pick. And he won his matchup in part because he started Tyler Higby. So now he's in the toilet bowl finals for the 113 because he got Tyler Higby. Thank you, Beauty. Uh, and then he's well, also I'll, trying to sell him this week. I'll, I'll go first, <laughs> I guess, here. Daniel Jones, I actually really like Daniel Jones. I think he's still he's got potential. I don't think they're getting rid of him. I think he's actually done really well this year. He's going to be a playoff quarterback as much as you want to hate him. He's done well with that team. And you've got Barkley there. You've got Slayton, who's actually turned it on. And it, that's been a confusing team. Dolchitz, I'm a big fan of. I really like him. I like him more than Higby. A 24 first, second, a third. I probably take the players because I know who they are. I know what their value is going to be, even though the value in theory might be on the ascending assets on the picks. I take the quarterback and the players that I'm aware of and, and just ride it and see what I can do. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah I take the I take the first um, just because just what it could end up being. I don't, I don't know. It, it's, I was, it could even be Daniel Jones. Oh right? yeah. Like it, it literally. <laughs> it could be Daniel Jones now, but I just, and I mean, this is the way I like to play dynasty is I'm going to take, well, I'm going to roll the dice on it. If it doesn't hit early, then I will try to re-roll it and go for another unknown future. The pick, Debbie but, guy prefers the picks. You heard it here first. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're finally to our listener questions. We'll try and roll through the two of these are pretty much related anyway, yeah. uh, but we'll do the other one first uh, from at KP poker KP. What do you do in this scenario? Help. And the scenario he sends, uh, he sent us a, a pick of a sleeper league uh, where two teams tied to the hundredth of a point, 158.51 to 158.51. To I'll let you guys go first. To me, there's an easy answer to this, although it probably should have been set up prior to the playoffs. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Bare knuckle <laughs> Hello, box, fight. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say what I was thinking to me. And I actually heard this happen in another league. Uh, the higher seed gets the benefit of the tie. That's the way Ooh. to me it should be. You, you had a better regular season. That's one more advantage you get beside like this. It shows in this thing too, you know, in sleeper, it shows what the seeds are. Uh, and the number one seed is involved in this. To me, the number one seed wins. You, you were the better regular season team. You get the benefit of the tie. That's what it should be. But that also should probably be known going into the playoffs. It's not a great thing to do after the fact, but I still would be willing to do that at this point. I'd say, you know what? The better team, you know, they're the, they were the better team in the regular season. They get the benefit of the tie. Bench ball your best, your bench, or best ball yeah. your bench, and see whoever yeah. has the best lineup. There is how I feel like it should be answered. Best. I was going to just say bench points, lineup, yeah. and and best ball it to your starting lineup and see who has the best bench and and give that the win. Is is my opinion. That's what I would probably say too. Is it you got to look at the bench here? I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with your point, Rocky, of saying that the tie break goes to the higher seed. They had the better season, but in the playoffs, the season doesn't matter anymore. In my opinion. 
and the seeds are there to kind of give you a matchup. But after that, the eh, regular but season me, is I don't over. Know. To me, your bench I, doesn't matter that much either. So, I, well, I'm just saying your bench you dictates how line. much. Yeah. Well, that's why well, the, the best ball bench. Like that's why you're not doing. You're not. You're not starting them. But again, bench could come into play in a lot of this, and you might have injuries all over the place and a zero on your bench too. Like it's there's no I easy like answer too, because I, I we talked take, about how the better team loses so way too much, and to, I like the idea of giving the better regular season team, even even though it's a super small advantage, because the chances of this happening are like ugh. one in a hundred. But I yeah. do like giving, but it happened. Uh, but I do like giving them another advantage besides just oh he got a buy. Well, the the best two out of th- uh, two out of three roll. I, I mean, right. there you go. You beat <laughs> somebody you tweeted beat that the today. number two and the, somebody smart, uh, somebody dumb. I don't know, but somebody tweeted that today. You beat number two and number three. Well, oh heck, you know, let's go. Best two out of maybe three they both advance in that situation. So right? Going on, there you go. Yes, both both teams advance. No, it's funny. <laughs> number two, number three. They beat, they beat the number crazy. three by less than the less than four tenths of a point. Which wins win. <laughs> um. So that one was almost a, a three-way tie. But, uh, okay, so there's some answers there for you, uh, Kelly. Uh, KP Booker, KP. Uh, the next two are both Jet quarterback-related questions. Uh, at Dynasty Beach Boy, what's Mike White's value? Are you buying or selling? No one is buying Mike White other than for playoff points, are you? Does I sure anyone have, actually believe you? There are, I think there are, I think people legitimately think he's a good quarterback for some reason. And (laughs) this guy has not scored a touchdown in eight quarters. I don't know what (laughs) is going on that people think that Mike White is a good quarterback. I think there are, you know what it is, is that he makes, he's He's Gardner Minshew with a haircut. And he also gives the, the surrounding pieces some points like Garrett, even if he doesn't score touchdowns, Garrett Wilson can get you 18 PPR points with Mike White quarterback. And he can't do that with, with Zach Wilson at quarterback most of the time. Well, and I think people don't, I legitimately people don't think people realize that Mike White's like almost 28 years old. Like I think that there are people out there that think Mike White is a 22 year old unknown, like undrafted free agent coming in here that, uh, you know, I think that I think people really don't realize how old Mike White is. How old is he? <laughs> he's almost 28 i mean so, so it just sounds like a like joke a, set up like a... i know i know but, well it's not like a this is not like a 22 year old unknown guy oh. that's like you're like oh this could be the face of our this is a desperation you know if dream he's the face of your future you've got issues yeah like i oof. i i'll i'll quickly answer with this if, if you were desperate if you were talking about starting Cavante turpin in your super flex spot because you're desperate <laughs> then yeah mike white's better than that but other than that, just leave them on the other team and move on with who you got. D- dance with who brought you there. You know what I mean? Like, but don't don't worry about going to get Mike White. That's no, I'm out. Yeah, the only reason you should be getting Mike White is if uh, you're in my situation where I had to get two quarterbacks on Sunday morning. Right. So, uh, <laughs> last <Merry> question <laughs> at Noob Engineer. Uh, all questions from uh, three of our for our great uh, <laughs> followers of the show here. By the way, uh, do you guys honestly think? There will be another sell window for Zach Wilson and buy low now to make that profit. Or do you think the community will never let him get it back? I am severely biased on this question. So I'm going to let you guys talk. Yes, you are Rocky. You've always hated <laughs> Zach Wilson. So you're, you're happy to see this. He was drafted. Like I, I put out a tweet, uh, something like the, 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 this quarterback class could redefine, you know, the quarterbacks for the next 10 years. 
and we're going to look back and wonder how the hell did the Jets draft Jet, uh, Zach Wilson number two. And, yeah. and I, I, maybe not the whole class has been as great as we expected, but uh, I was pretty right on Zach Wilson. Yeah. I believe, no, you I, were, I, believe you, I called him the Mormon Mansell. So, oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. I, one. I'm right there. You know, I, I, yeah, he's terrible. He's a bad quarterback. I, I say this about every player. I don't hate the player. I hate the value. And his value is almost zero right now. So, but if I you're buying for zero, well, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you what to think, Rocky. I'm just telling you where I'm thinking. Like, the, this is a question to me. Do I think there will be another sell window? Yes, because he will get signed by somebody. And someone in your league will be more optimistic than you are. Even if you think you're the most optimistic person, somebody will look at their roster in May, right after the, the draft and right before your rookie draft. And they'll go, man, I could really use a quarterback and I don't have any picks in this draft. Maybe I can trade someone on my bench for Zach Wilson, who just got traded to the Lions to back up Jared Goff as a bridge, or whoever, like you never know. Right. And so I, it depends always. It depends on the price. If you have held Zach Wilson, you drafted him 104 in your super flex draft all those years ago, and you've just held him this whole time, get rid of him for whatever you can, right? If you want to trade for him and, and trade for, like trade a third or a fourth for him, I don't mind that at all, right? Like that's where you're talking about minuscule profits, fine. But if you're expecting to get like a first rounder for him in a year or two, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not saying it won't because I can't predict the future, but I would have a hard time signing that bet slip and being like, yes, Zach Wilson would be worth the first try. I can't do it. I don't and think it's ever going to happen. I just think- and real quick, real quick, new put it in the question. The community will never let him get it back. I don't think that, I think he's gone too far where the community won't let it happen. It's not that his value won't get there. It's that the community won't ever value him there. There's a difference in those two phrases. Well, and I think well, it's it- important to realize too, that a lot of people looked at it like Rocky and I did where yes. everybody was like, why is this dude going second? Like this isn't a Sam, Dar- you know, Sam Darnold hasn't recovered and Sam Darnold's actually produced a little bit with Carolina, but Sam Darnold, which would you rather through- have Darnold well, or Wilson? But Sam Darnold walked into the draft as like, this is going to be the guy like this. Right. This should be the guy that goes first in the draft. Zach Wilson was never Zach Wilson was the guy that should have gone fifth in the draft in a lot of people's eyes. And so that right. you're dealing with apples and oranges there where, you know, there were so many people that were so convinced on Sam Darnold as him going to be the guy. And he still I has don't think he's really recovered that value, even though he has produced when he's been in the lineup for fantasy. Zach Wilson hasn't really, um, I guess maybe a little bit, but there was just that skepticism. It's just completely different point of views on where you're walking into the situation. Do you remember yeah. how Zach Wilson was supposed to be awesome? Cause they got Garrett Wilson and they got Elijah Moore, like Zach Wilson to the moon. I was going to say like, there were still Ooh. people in, in this past non-point scoring season that were valuing it at, at least a first. And I just had a trade go through in a league. I run on Saturday where Zach Wilson and Brevin Jordan got traded for Drew Locke, John Mechie, and a 23 third. And the guy who, who got the third, I think, got a steal. I would honestly ask how many <laughs> of those people that viewed Zach Wilson as a first in this non-point scoring season were people that used first on him and weren't yeah. willing yeah. after a year to yep. say, yeah, I, I screwed that up royally. Well, and, and I yep. think a lot of them too. Even if, you, if they didn't have him, it was well. He's the starting quarterback for the next three yeah. years, which 
he's not the well, starting and I think quarterback that, for the next three years. That's an important point in, in Dynasty when it comes into rookie drafts. And, and you heard it with Kenny Pickett where people were saying, well, he's got insulated value. Like, he's not going to lose his job after a year. That's not that's not true. Like, if the guy is just bad, you can't walk into the rookie draft taking a quarterback saying he's got insulated value. It, franchises aren't going to go with that in the NFL. Like, this isn't a handful of years ago where, like, they're just going to give this guy through his entire rookie career, rookie contract, and keep giving him out chances like it, these franchises are going to pull the plug fast on these guys if they don't feel like they can play. It, well real quick because it is sort of you know for the brand so to speak there i made two trades for zach wilson uh this year that i think are worth mentioning because again it's just how far he's fallen these are both flyer trades in one trade i sent antonio gibson for zach wilson straight up and i'm like you know what antonio gibson's kind of a polarizing it's a rebuilding team i have no chance this year i'm like I'm punting. Give me the quarterback that might have upside. You know what I mean? Like Gibson is a descending asset. I don't need the points. Give me Zach Wilson. Not really panned out yet, but we'll see what the next 12 months hold. The other one was a trade addicts trade that I know was talked about on the podcast. So I won't get too far down that rabbit hole, but it was a major trade and he was a throw in. It was pretty much Najee Harris and Amari Cooper for CeeDee Lamb and some other pieces. And I got CeeDee Lamb and Zach Wilson as kind of like, you know, because I was sending Garoppolo, I was like, you know, who's injured? I'm like, well, I'll give me Wilson back. And the guy was more than happy to oblige, but the, he was not the focus of that trade. But that's exactly where his value is at is like very low, very, very, very low floor and a ceiling that is QB2 if we're lucky. Like it, that is the highest possible ceiling is QB22. You know what I mean? Like that is not great. So I, I think, again, it depends on what you define as profit. It depends on what you paid for him. But I don't mind getting him for dirt cheap if somebody's willing to give that up. Sure. But don't go in there expecting a, a Bitcoin kind of rise on this, you know, like, yeah, ooh, buddy. <laughs> I just, I don't think you're ever getting much of it. I, no. I think that like, like Jeff said, I mean, Sam Darnold was more highly regarded coming out. And once he kind of became that same court sort of thing with the jets where he was just, they didn't want to start him and they didn't want him anymore. It, like there's, there's no rebounding from that. I know he's still young. I just, plus he's just bad. He's not going to have some good performance to make up for it and give you that value. He's just, I don't care what team he goes to. He's not going to somebody else as a starter either. Like why was any he's, he's Josh Rosen with an extra 16 starts or whatever. <laughs> he's Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton was bad and, and that says a lot, you know what I mean? Like the other thing though, is Zach Wilson played really badly on Thursday night when everyone and their mother was watching football. Like, obviously that makes a big difference, but the team benching him and then kind of forced to start him again. Like there's just been so much off the field drama. I wouldn't be surprised if he's cut in this off season, just because the jets are like, I'm done. I'm out. Um, and that's just bonkers to me because that's not what we expected. Even a year ago, no matter how much you hated him, I don't think any of us saw this kind of decline. So just it's insane to see. Well, maybe not he, this fast, but yeah. if he is cut, the thing of it is too is is that a guy that you want as a backup quarterback in your franchise? Because <sighs> it, you know, because it, usually you're going to want a. I mean, I guess maybe a team desperate enough could have him on a roster and hope that they rehab him, but um, that's not going to be usually your backup quarterback. You kind of want a rock solid dude there that yep. might not. Um, you know, he could be like a third quarterback, like on a ride. This might be a guy that's not even like uh, one 
injury away from like we ha- were right. forced to play him like this could be a guy that's speculative practice squad third quarterback like brock purdy or less like that is sitting on waivers all over dynasty leagues here in 12 months plus if you're a coach in your 40s or 50s you have to worry about your wife with zach wilson around oh yeah. there it is <laughs> there it is <laughs> so and Love with it. that that is the end of our show sheet so that is the end of our show uh, I want to thank Jeff for coming on again. Uh, yeah, someone pretty short notice. Me and Russ have been super lazy with scheduling the guests recently. Uh, I was like, "Oh crap, Russ isn't here, and I have no guests on Tuesday." And Jeff, Jeff uh, came through for me. So Jeff, uh, thanks again. And just uh, once again, since it was like six days ago when we started this podcast, uh, <laughs> remind everybody who you are, uh, what you do, and where they can find what you do. Well, first off, thank you both. You know, you you both are are good friends of mine. That somebody, both people that I respect and look up to in the space. And you both were here before me, and you welcomed me with warm arms, and I'll never forget that. And and thank you for that as well. And and Russ as well. Russ is so kind and, and caring and generous. And um, thank you all. You know, I love uh, the DAP Network. I love the Trade Addicts. I love all you guys there. So thank you for this opportunity. Uh, you can find me with Football Guys. You can find me with uh, at Jeff Bell for whom J Bell tolls on Twitter and. Largely football guys, but that's where most everything's coming out of. Yeah. And if you want to get all the specifics, just go back two hours and you can hear the training in this podcast. (laughs) But we'll uh, finish up with some stuff here. Uh, Reminder, the uh, Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You can see uh, Jeff and Andrew's beautiful faces and I'm here too. Uh, (laughs) uh, And uh, you can be in the chat asking questions uh, while we record. Uh, also, the Cool Kids Club, our uh, group me chat, uh, gets you entrance into that, depending on what level you're in. So, a lot of good stuff if you sign up for the Patreon. Also, ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. Still SFB12 shirts in there of all kinds. Everything goes to charity. Uh, Fantasy Cares, all that good stuff. Uh, also, uh, make sure you're following the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. And uh, I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. Russ is Dynasty Out at Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, the pod's at Trade Addicts Pod. He's Andrew Hall FF. Jeff gave his Twitter handle. I think that's everything. So I'm going to say goodnight, guys. Goodnight, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for listening to the Trade Addict Podcast, a member of the DLS family of podcasts. A proud member in the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan, that is the best. <laughs> See ya.